ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 108 of the Whatevery Show. You can follow along at home at whatevery.co slash 108. And we have got a doozy for you. I've got a, a, hold on. I have, okay. I have a correction. Okay. For the last 107 episodes, we've been telling you if you want to pay us money to keep doing the show. Yeah. That the email address is sponsors at whatevery.co. Yeah. It's not. It's sponsor at whatevery.co. <laughs> Oh, God, we're a professional organization, aren't we? I'm positive we've missed out on a ton of opportunities. Like, uh, somebody is sitting over at Nike, and they're just like, they won't return. Man, these guys are really fucking hard to get. Uh, so I fully I fully expect uh, to be inundated with um, ad offers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Reebok you know, from is probably just, like... That's just, what they've been waiting sitting, for. They're sitting there with stacks of Reebok money, and yeah. we're just over here, like, fucking our email addresses up. Yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to insert that minor correction. Just a little guy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we got a lot to talk about. We've been off for around about a month now because of uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, we get so much stuff. Uh, oh, come on. We were going to do a show last week, but it was frigid, sub-zero, sub-zero temperatures in my house. in your house because you didn't have any heat. Um, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, that sucked. My furnace broke. It wasn't because I didn't pay the bill, I promise. Yeah. We do have a lot to talk about. The, the, uh, notably, uh, Kevin Smith is not dead. We're very thankful for that. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about that. I don't know what else there is to say, but we'll talk about it, I'm sure. We always find something to say. So, um, Black Panther. We both saw Black Panther, and I think it's been a suitably long time that white people can talk about it now. Uh, I don't know how that works. Uh, I, I don't really get any memories. Wait, were that. we not allowed to talk about it before? There was. There, there is like a, a contingent of like, uh, um, you know, there's a contingent of, on, on like both sides. There's like the there's like the the super like. Um, uh, you know, white people are no good for anything, you sort of, uh, people. And then there's, like, the super SJWE white people who are like, oh, guys, we just need to ha- let them have it. Like, like it's not just a, it's a superhero movie, guys. Like, I'm not allowed to, to laud them for their efforts and yeah. what a great movie it was? Okay. Yeah, I, mean. uh, yeah, I know. The internet's a crazy place. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I think, by and large, uh, most most people are probably like, yeah, th- th- what are you even saying right now? But, this is, yeah. let me, let me, without spoilers, this is how good Black Panther was, right? Black Panther single-handedly brought me back to the Rocky franchise because after I watched Black Panther I decided that I wanted to go watch Creed Michael B. Jordan because Michael B. Jordan was in it and also Creed and Black Panther had the same director as well so it was uh, solid yeah and actually it was a really good movie so, cool. Anyway. Yeah, I've heard that, but I I don't know. I, maybe someday I'll watch it, but I, I did not quite get that much of it. So anyway, we'll um, talk about it because I, I think I've got some controversial uh, opinions on that too, on Black, Black Panther. Black Panther we'll director directed Creed and also... I did know that. Also, Valkyrie was his girlfriend in Creed. Interesting. So lots of, lots of MCU crossover and, of course, Stallone, one of the Ravagers. So, I mean, it might as well have just been... So Creed is an unofficial MCU movie, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, we got some teaser trailers we're going to talk about. They're kind of old news at this point, so I think we'll probably skim over them a little bit. Here's Venom the thing. Deadpool 2. I feel like it's been so long since we've done this that rather than just go topic by topic, we should just... Uh, just want to jump in? We should just talk. We should just jump in, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, let's do it. Uh, you know, the, there you go. This, this, this is a surprise episode. You know we're going to talk about Black Panther, but what else? What else? I don't know. Stick around. Jesus 
Christ. Guys, be gentle. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. All right. So let's get this shit started. Um, so in the last week or so, uh, Kevin Smith, um, whom we are big fans of, you've probably heard uh, in, in count, um, um, countless references to Babylon, Hollywood Babylon, the podcast that he does with Ralph Garman and just, you know, clerk's any references movie. in any yeah. movie that he's done. Uh, um, you know, huge, huge, <clears throat> huge fans. Uh, I think his mu- movie making for me is, um, mostly hit, but sometimes some pretty solid misses. Um, <laughs> we did watch Tusk. Come on, we guys. did watch Tusk. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate fa- Tusk. I thought I, Michael Parks was actually great in that movie. I, you know what? That in that when we, you can go back and listen to the one where, where uh, I did finally watch Tusk and we talked about it on the show, and that's what I said. I I really loved Michael Parks in it, but the whole movie to me otherwise was just like, how the fuck did this get made? Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> I I love Kevin Smith. Uh, he uh, if nothing else because. He's just a really, really rad dude. Like, um, maybe he doesn't make the best movie every single time, but he's made some fucking amazing movies. He's done great directing work on a lot of the, uh, um, current, you know, DC TV shows that we watch. Um, and, you know, most notably Flash and Supergirl. So, uh, the, you know, we're just, we're fans. We're fans. Yeah. Suffice it to say. So the news broke, uh, the other night. He actually tweeted a picture from his, uh, hospital bed that he had, uh, very, very fortunately survived a, uh, 100%, uh, um, occlusion in his uh, one of the big arteries, the big one of the important ones. The Widowmaker. The Widowmaker is what. Yeah, that's the thing I took away from it too. Um, it is a a very often fatal heart attack, and he happened to uh, fortunately not you know immediately die and kill over you know like a movie. Yeah. Uh, but he 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 you know mentioned he was feeling um, ill and ha- was getting the sweats and out of breath and stuff like that. Uh, and so they went and had him checked out and canceled his second show. Yeah, it was actually between. So he was he so. was actually doing two stand up sets that we're going to go to a comedy special uh and then they ended up canceling the second set because he had good sense enough to be like something's not right yeah um and whatnot so um we're probably not going to talk about this a ton just because it's been a week i think almost since it happened yeah um but we definitely wanted to at least uh put it out there and just you know say hey this is he i don't i can't speak for eddie necessarily but um kevin smith is one of the reasons that i do this uh, because he's always had the mantra of like, if you want to do something, go do it. Like if you want to create something, create it, go make it. And that's what we did here. Um, and we didn't do it with the intent of, uh, we're going to be rich because we do this. We did it because we needed, uh, both of us, a creative outlet to just be able to spew out our garbage that yeah. we feel, yeah. uh, when it comes to, you know, spew out our quality content that you can get nowhere <laughs> else. Um, uh, we have a lot of opinions about a lot of different pop culture things. And um, aside from just talking to each other about it, we wanted to to give ourselves a platform to talk to everyone about it and yeah. who wants to listen. So um, we, I don't know that it would have been easy, as easy for me to do this um, if it hadn't been uh, for listening to Kevin all those years. Say, if you have an idea, go make it. No one can stop you if you do it yourself. Just go do it. Yeah, Kevin is sort of inspirational in that effect. You know, like, you know, Clerks famously, like, we don't need to go over the budget. The budget was nothing. Uh, he paid for it on his credit cards. And had that movie not been a success, he would have been pretty severely fucked. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, like, he went after his dream and it worked out. Like, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, that, that is, that is in the back of my mind a little bit. But the other thing, too, is just, you know, listening to Kev Talk is, uh, not really far removed from just kind of the show we do anyway. Um, and I feel like that's probably because he's at least, you know, if, if fair, a fair part of the inspiration. I, I, I feel like his, this thing. his story about making a documentary for Prince, um, it really mirrors my own experience making a documentary for Prince. And so, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that was my biggest take on it, too. Like working with Haley Joel Osment week in and week out uh, making a movie, you know, like yeah. Tusk uh, 
which which we also did. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Kevin's and yoga really hosers. Cool Haley Joel's in yoga hosers as well. Yeah, honestly, I like yoga hosers. By the way, um, did you finally good. watch that one? I did. I did. It was uh, another sort of like weirdish where I'm sure people were like, "Fuck, what is Kevin doing anymore?" Wunderbar, wunderbar. Yeah, but I actually really enjoyed it. So, and we, we got some good Garmin moments in that one. We did. We did. I kind of felt like that was the Garmin vehicle. It was. Um, after, like, all the, like, you don't get any lines in Red State sort of jokes on Babylon that uh, he, he was like, finally, fine, do all the impressions. A little bit of trivia. That role was also uh, supposed to be uh, for Michael Parks originally. And then when Michael Parks fell ill, he rewrote it so that Garmin could do it. I, I did. I heard that one, too. And I'm, uh, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because on the one hand, I, I enjoyed Garmin in the movie. But on the other hand, Michael Parks is, is phenomenal. And I like the way that uh, Kevin was able to use him. Like, I, I would like to see him as, definitely an, as an old Nazi. in Tusk for me. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Kevin Smith, uh, fortunately survived. Um, he, he survived, um, and is still with us. And I'm really glad because honestly, that would have been a real fucked up way to start, uh, 2018, you know, um, and or not really start, but you know, you he's still point. scheduled to do two shows in Oregon, uh, coming up in April. He's, uh, I think in Eugene on the 19th and, uh, dude, do we got tickets for that yet? No. Uh, he's doing an evening with Kevin Smith at the Hulk center on one of those nights. And then he's going to be in Salem at the Elsinore doing a Jay and Bob get old with Jay Muse. Nice. Um, and I don't have tickets yet, but I do. We gotta, uh, we gotta figure to go. that shit out. Like, let's, yeah. uh, let's offline that for later or something. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you to whatever powers you believe in that, uh, Kevin's still with us. And, uh, we hope he, you know, stays well and has a, you know, wonderful long life ahead of him because, uh, he'd be a voice we'd miss, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to do some lengthy discussion about Black Panther, um, a little bit later. We do have a couple little tiny things that we put in there. Um, also things that have been out for a little while now, if you listen to this show at all, you've probably already seen the Deadpool two trailer. Uh, you'd be stupid not to have, I think it's pretty fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. The Venom teaser trailer. I was less impressed with, um, uh, nope. I was literally like, I don't know what they're doing here. This yeah. Weird... It was a Tom Hardy trailer. It was, it was a Tom Hardy trailer. I don't, I don't know that Venom was in it. I don't think Venom was in it. I, I think you saw a little bit of, of movement in a Petri dish in a lab. I think, I think that's what we got. And we got like, the only thing I could think is that like, um, they're, they're, you know, haven't quite gotten to the part where they put any effects in the movie because you have to assume Venom is going to be like 90%. Like, it, no, he's going to be just straight up effects. Like it, it is going to be a straight up effect you know, yeah. sort of, uh, thing. Uh, and so like the feeling I got watching this was like, do they just not have any of that shit done and ready to show? Because, uh, none of the rest of it was uh, about that at all. The other thing I thought too, is like, are they, maybe they're just trying to distance this. Like they don't want it to come off feeling like a comic book movie. This is uh, like almost like, uh, the way that, um, Batman Begins, Bat- uh, The Dark Knight. It's like, yeah, we're going to do a Batman movie, but it's not like that Schumacher But we're not shit, doing a you know? Batman movie. Yeah, it, in in the same way that I, I think that they were, they're kind of like, yeah, we're going to do a Venom movie, but don't be thinking about like uh, Sam Raimi's you know, Spider-Man 3. Or well, this is like stupid uh, on Sony's part for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I mean, okay, it's a teaser. I get it. We yeah. haven't seen the meat and potatoes of what this movie's about yet, but um, the general feel I'm getting is not... Uh, it, it doesn't give me the warm fuzzies that Spider-Man Homecoming gave me. And... Uh, which is dumb because number one, um, what's her face? Uh, that the one that's been barking for Sony uh, about this. I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember. I can't her remember name her either. name either. Um, Amy Pascal. She bothers me a lot. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, she insists that Tom Holland is in this movie or uh, is in this movie as well. Um, I think Feige was still taken aback by that because I don't know necessarily that that's that's true. Like or somebody not. actually like. Uh, yeah, I guess we can let that happen. You know? But but if if he is going to be in this movie, it seems weird to me that it would be so tonally different. 
Um, that's what I was going to say too. This, this does not feel like, um, so we talked about this before. I think when we talked about Venom, but apparently they're trying to build out their whole, a whole little shit, you know, based around the Spider-Man mythos. Um, so they're doing a Venom movie. Presumably they're still doing a sinister, sinister, sinister. I I think we're getting carnage in the Venom movie as well at some point. Yeah, whatever. Um, so they're doing this whole thing and it seems weird to me because like on the one hand, I could see that working. On the other hand, what I've seen from this so far with this teaser trailer feels nothing at all like anything that would fit in with, uh, Spider-Man proper. See, this is, this is the part that bothers me about this is, um, they're going to do this. And if they include Tom Hardy in it, then it, or uh, Tom Tom Holland, Holland, I mean, then it kind of ends up being, uh, canon. Yeah, and then, then then Marvel gets stuck trying to work around that shit and and trying to like distance themselves from it. And that see, that's the thing though. I don't think that they would. I think it'd be like some weird like Sony would have to. Uh, I I don't know what the deal is like um, structured around. You know, I mean, Sony's and I guess I guess you could just throw MCU. Spidey in the next MCU movie and be like, yeah, I got sucked into this weird parallel, parallel universe and there was some really fucked up shit going on. And then just honestly, ignore it. I don't even think they would even do that. I don't think it would be even a throwaway line. I think if honestly, if the movie's not great and people don't seriously love it, um, they won't, it just will not come up. They just will not mention it. It won't be a thing we talk about ever in the MCU. Yeah. It's um, tone, tone is, is a lot of what makes a series of movies, uh, pretty successful. We talked about this with Justice League versus, uh, BVS and how, we feel like Justice League maybe had the tone that it should have had from the beginning, but because it didn't, it was really shocking to see that that difference. Yeah. Um. And also, uh, you know, a fake mouth on Superman the entire movie. Yeah. Was weird, you know but- what? It, just as a quick aside, I I tried to rewatch that. Uh, I I couldn't get through it. Like I I made it about five minutes, and I was like, I, I cannot fu- fucking stand looking at Kevin at not Kevin at Cavill's mouth uh, a second longer. And I turned it off, and I watched something else. Um, I watched it again. Uh, there. So here's the thing. There's a lot of stuff um that that movie got right. As much as I like to dog on it for some of the shit, um, Aquaman I think was definitely a standout for me. Um, and I really, really actually did like the interaction between uh Bruce and Diana. I missed some of that in theater because I had to pee. Yeah. During one of the pivotal moments, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> fuck." And so then on rewatch, uh, when I rewatched it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense." Like things that happened down the road made more sense to me and yeah. stuff. So um, I'm overall happier with that movie than I was uh, originally. But the CGI mouth, honestly, is, I think if I had a big to, misstep, if I if I if I walked outside right now and I stumbled upon a genie lamp, probably one of my wishes would be like that they just reboot the Justice League universe and uh, they keep the same casting and then they do it right. Yeah, good luck. Good luck getting Ben to sign on for more. Well, I'm just saying, like we're we're talking alternate universe magic I mean, lamp I shit. I so, like, uh, yeah, like the casting, I think that they they've gotten, um, starting with Man of Steel, is pretty spot on. There, there's no real huge weak points in that. That I'd, I'd I'd recast Lois. I'd I'd recast Lois, and I'd also super never even consider for a fucking second that we'd have Eisenberg as Lex. But you know, whatever. Yeah, I'd recast Lois and Lex, and and then move forward. And I, who would be a Lex? So the thing is, is that like Eisenberg is like a wayfish, like millennial type, and that's absolutely not in any way, shape, or form what I'd ever picture for Lex. No. So it has to be somebody who's not. Um, just feels, you could you could go younger than, than comic book like, Lex if you wanted to, but oh, yeah, not for millennial. Sure. Well, uh, no, I don't even know that that's wrong. It's just that like he's stereotype millennial, and probably part of that is yeah. big because he played Zuckerberg. But um, like I, if I were going to recast him, I would recast. Actually, you know who'd be somebody, awesome is well, Mark Strong, who played Sinestro in in the Green Lantern movie. He would have he would have made an amazing fucking Lex. That 
that actually could really work. Like yeah. when I'm picturing Alex, though, I'm picturing somebody who's just kind of a gut, like a stronger archetype in general. Um, and he just this Lex comes off as like Weasley, just super super Weasley. That's the other thing I didn't really like about Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I didn't, that's the other thing I didn't like about Hackman's Lex either is that like um, it it sort of trivializes Hackman, the character. Hackman came about in like a 1979 Superman movie though, so yeah. like comic books were like as comic booky yeah as you could get back then, and that's why Gene Hackman walked around talking about being the greatest criminal mind and whatever yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, the, the, there's no fucking way that I, I the, those two I think would be a no brainer to cast. Although I will say, um, if uh, the, Amy Adams, I guess, um, it is Amy Adams, right? Yeah. I can't, I always, Isla Fisher is the one I always confuse because everybody does that. But anyway, Amy Adams is okay. As Isla Lois. Fisher is like, the one whose body doubles boobs you see in Wedding Crashers. Okay. Gotcha. Um, also, <laughs> also she's banging Borat on a regular basis. Uh, nice. Um, nice. Uh, so yeah. I, you know, I could live with that if they kept Amy in my fictional made-up scenario that I just envisioned. I don't, but, I don't um, hate her, but I just she doesn't. She's, she's not, not lowest to me. To me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but Eisenberg is just straight up like every time. Every time he's on screen, it's take it takes me out of the movie because of how terrible a casting decision he is. I'm not even trying to say Eisenberg's like Eisenberg is not a bad actor. Um, I, I, I no. the other stuff I've seen him and I like him in just fine. It's just that whoever sat down and was like, yeah, Eisenberg would make a good Lux Luthor. Honestly, probably should have been slapped. It, it should be like that, you know, Batman meme that runs around from like the the golden era uh batman and robin and, and when batman just slaps robin across the face uh that that should be the scene we, we see when that happens you know? i feel like i feel like uh eisenberg was kind of their um attempt at catching lightning in a bottle with heath ledger like oh heath yeah ledger for the sure they're like, like oh yeah. well heath ledger was a pop you know he, he he couldn't have been the joker and maybe we'll go even weirder with this one Except it didn't work that way. Uh, guys, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, let us know who you would cast as Lois Lane and or Lex Luthor. We'd like to hear it. Yeah, at whatever show. Facebook.com slash whatever show. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, questions at whatever.co if you want to, you know, go about it in the archaic email form. Yeah, so is it questions or is it just questions? It's it's questions. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Um, it would be funny if we messed that one up for 107 episodes. Dude, if, if, if it wasn't for the fact that I forgot to renew our domain name and I had to go in and, and <laughs> make sure all that shit was still working this morning, I would never have known. <laughs> We'd be doing this wrong for the rest of forever. Perfect. Um, so anyway, that's the Venom teaser, teaser trailer. Yeah, we talked about Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, Deadpool 2 trailer. Um, you know, I'd have to rewatch this to really pick it apart, but uh, I do remember the main thing. Cable. Cable, bitches. Cable and Ryan Reynolds making a crack about uh, CGI mustache. Yes, which was also very, very good. We could we could just spin that off into another 20 minutes of Justice League if we really wanted to. If we wanted to. Uh, which, again, speaking of dog shit decisions like that, that that's right up there. I can't believe that somebody was like, oh, yeah, we'll just CG it off. And, and then somebody, you know what? They were all sitting in a room, the like executives and the director and, and the DP and all that guys, all those guys, they were all sitting in a room and they're like, yeah, that, that, that looks good, right? You, I don't know. I don't even notice it. What do you, what about you? I don't notice it. Uh, and then somebody's like, uh, that's shit. And they're like, yeah, but it'll cost us like a, a bajillion dollars to reshoot this and delay the movie and stuff like that. And they're Dude, like, oh, oh, you know, you know, now that I think about it, I don't associate it at all either. It, it would have, it would have been, um, less noticeable if they just borrowed Grand Moff Tarkin from Rogue One. Dude, honestly, and just put him in the super suit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that see, that's kind of the thing too. Like maybe that's kind of what he looked they, like at the end of BVS when he was dead and floating in space. Anyway, I mean, 
And maybe they don't CG him. Uh, like, maybe, yeah. See, maybe that's a better idea is to just CG the whole Cavalin, uh, because it would have been probably dude, less dude, ridiculous looking. Dude, he just woke up from being dead, right? And everybody says when you're dead, your hair follicles continue to grow for a length of time and whatever. Yeah. All they had to do was be like, give um, him the fucking beard, man. Hey, Warners, can we just have him grow the rest of it? And that way he doesn't have to shave the mustache and then he can just be all stubbly as Superman. Dude, he would have looked dope as shit with the beard, too. Yeah. Then, and since they skipped the black suit, like, if they give him the beard, I would have been right on board with that. Yeah. Especially because Cavill, I mean, let's face it, he's a handsome man and he can pull a beard. And he's literally in 20 minutes of the movie, so. Yeah. And. Yeah, and it probably cost them tw- tens of millions of, of dollars. All of those minutes, all of those twenty minutes, I just sit there going, "What the fuck is wrong with his face?" Um, like that should have been the first question. Like he wakes up, like they pull him out of the coffin, and Lois is like, "What the fuck is wrong with his face?" If if there's Guys, a he's shot, really dead. if there's a shot in that movie that's not CGI'd of his face, I'd like to see it because I don't, I honestly can't tell you that there's one. See, I would, I would, uh, I would go, but I would take that challenge. But then, then I think I'd have to watch the whole movie again, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Deadpool. We're talking about Deadpool. <laughs> How do we do that? Because D- Deadpool made a CG mustache joke. Uh, and Deadpool is, uh, that, that trailer is awesome, guys. Um, it is. It's super good. Um, I, I think it's reassuring because I think we're in for more of the same in that, I mean, in the best way possible. Yeah. And, and, uh, I don't even necessarily mean more of the same, um, in that I think it's going to be a totally new thing. They're bringing cable into the mix and that's going to function, uh, just, you know, change the universe and, grand ways uh but more of the same in you know quality funny you know deadpool antics so yeah um actually my buddy blake that uh loaned us the uh condenser mic that we used during the marv wolfman episode uh-huh. uh met tj miller uh at uh denver oh, nice. airport yesterday <laughs> okay uh said it was pretty cool so cool. Cool. speaking of deadpool uh um, we basically are you know tj miller friend of the show yeah basically yeah tj yeah we just call him Tej. yeah Oh, around here at the whatever no, household. Yeah, He'd no. probably punch us both in the face for that. <laughs> Teej, he's not like uh, like Michelle's, you know, older sister on on the Full House thing, is he? Uh, maybe that'd no. be funny. If no. they, you know, what that we should do, we should get that to happen. We should make, we should just inter- insert uh, T.J. Miller in in all of in the places where T.J. was instead. And when they just Teej, and and it's T.J. Miller there sitting there, a grown ass man on the little you know the beds and stuff. I can't and wait! Through. I can't wait for the episode where he now Michelle like, becomes anorexic, trying to lose weight, and collapses on the <laughs> treadmill and shit. Which immediately makes me think of that episode, um, which every '90s show ever did, which was the drug episode, which uh, Say by the Bell was not immune to either. Uh, I'm so excited I'm, when when uh, uh, Jesse gets oh, the, uh, when she's on the uppers. She's on the uppers. She's on caffeine. It's fucking caffeine pills. I know. Um, yeah, that was some fun stuff. Um, okay. Oh anyway. god. Oh god. Good times. Good times. Screech powers. How about uh, him murdering somebody? Right or trying to? Did he? Something like that's that. not shocking in the slightest because he's I, been he's been fucking nuts he, at for the very as long least. Stabbed somebody at a bar. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, that happens to lots of normal people. Um, okay. The next up on the link, uh, list we've got for you 18 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies as ranked by IMDb. Yeah. Um, I do believe I paged through this originally and I'll, I'll skim through really quick. Number 18 is The Incredible Hulk. Uh, I think that's fair. It's not a bad movie, but it's the bastard stepchild of the MCU universe. So they get to mention it all is almost surprising to me. I, um, I actually, so here's the deal. I disagree with this decision. Um, for it to be last because there are worse entries into the MCU. 
there's that well that's true too but like i said just because of the relegate just because it's kind of been relegated to that bastard stepchild status like i almost don't see it to be listed anywhere when you're talking about the mcu but anyway browser cool. this one i disagree with number 17 captain america the first avenger uh yeah there's no way it should be that low on the list yeah number uh 16 thor the dark world see like i could easily swap that for captain america uh number 15 iron man 2 also easily swap that for captain america uh, um, easily swap that for incre- uh, the Incredible Hulk. In fact, yeah, um, it was not a good movie. Uh, number fourteen, Thor. Um, this is kind of fair. Thor was, uh, but it's below Thor: The Dark World, and that's not fair. Oh, that's that's fucked up. See, that's Thor: The up. Dark World should that's actually be the bottom of the list up. for me. Thirteen, uh, thirteen, Iron Man three. Um, you know. Iron Man 3 I rewatched relatively recently and it's not a bad movie but it's not a great movie either. Um if you watch All Hail the King which is a short that was done uh it actually explains why the Mandarin was not the Mandarin and that there's a real Mandarin out there somewhere. Oh okay. Um it it it, it <clears throat> that, that must be like somebody at the the studio was like, "Hey, we got to give these comic book nerds something cuz they're flipping their shit over this." It's an easier pill to swallow and they actually got Ben Kingsley to come back and do it as well as uh um um hammer justin hammer nice so uh um, not God, Guy that Pierce, guy's I name think. i can't remember what his name is but uh he's good um, yeah he's super good number 12 ant-man um this is another one i don't know we'll have to see how this res- the rest of this list stacks up because again thor the dark world still hasn't been mentioned yet so that's yeah. wrong <clears throat> this is a middle of the road movie for me but it is definitely outpacing thor the dark world uh number 11 uh, age of ultron honestly this movie for me would have been further down the list too um, it's not a movie that I, I have ever really wanted to go rewatch, which is telling because here's the thing. I did rewatch it thing. recently and yeah. I wholeheartedly disagree with you on that one. There's a lot of good moments in that movie. Um, there is, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but it, to me, some of the best movie, Renner stuff is in, is in Ultron. Oh, it is because Renner was like, literally like, Hey guys, you didn't let me be in the last one at all. I had to be mind controlled for like 90% of the movie and yeah. then I just got a Legolas joke and that was it. Yeah. No, so, I like, put me in this one, please. I, I watched it and there's a lot of things I thoroughly enjoyed about it. Um, not the least of which, uh, was, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, what's his face as, uh, Ultron's voice. Um, Spader. Yeah. James Spader <clears throat> uh, from Stargate fame, who I thought was brilliant. And, uh, and then, uh, the one liners between, uh, him and Tony Stark and, uh, um, uh, Bruce. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, this one, okay, so this was also kind of controversial. Coming in at number 10, Spider-Man Homecoming. And the reason I say controversial is because I probably would put this higher. To I would me, too. This is a, this is actually really, really good. In a movie, in a movie year that was last year, um, Spider-Man managing to be as high up for me as it was is a pretty tough thing because there was a lot of good shit last year. Well, and here's the deal. Um, I was not prepared for Spider-Man, uh, to be good because we have been continually jerked around by the spider-man franchise in general yeah uh so the fact that they were able to put out a new entry and and granted this was an mcu driven project rather than a sony driven project uh you know for me the thing that's is that's going to come with this is like um so the let's go back to mcguire toby mcguire spider-man was really good spider-man 2 i think is actually probably the penultimate spider-man movie uh, maybe now Homecoming un- uh, unseating it. I think there's people that would argue about that. Um, Spider-Man Three is obviously hot dog shit. Um, amazing Spider-Man. I really liked, but has the, its fall. The first one I really, really like. Um, in fact, I think I probably like it better than any of the Maguire movies. Um, yeah. But then Amazing Spider-Man Two was fell way over. Even though there was an, again though that movie had a lot of good moments. I I really enjoyed um 
Harry exactly. Osborn. Like I, I do think that uh, Sony's not devoid mm-hmm. of ideas or anything like that. They just needed they need a Feige to come in and be like, the, guys, we got to tell it. You know, we're telling a story here. The fact that Sony was willing to go balls deep on the Gwen Stacy story and actually have her die, yeah, was I thought amazing. Even though I fucking love Emma Stone and I would have gladly seen her in other movies with the next eight Spider-Man movies for me. Emma yeah. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they were able to actually commit to that decision and do it, I, I wholeheartedly commend them for it. I just did not like the direction they took Electro. Um, no, it was terrible. Jamie Foxx played that so out of character for me. It was, it was, it was nuts. straight up terrible. Um, so anyway, number 10 Spider-Man homecoming. I think this one I probably would have put higher. Um, yeah. And yes, I definitely would have because the next entry is number nine, Doctor Strange, and for me, Homecoming easily beats that out. Yeah, um, home, this, Doctor Strange, Strange is, is middle of the pack for me. It's good, but yeah, it's middle of the pack. Um, number eleven, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, yeah, Homecoming definitely a better movie. Uh, vol- volume Two, I think for me was not. I, I didn't like it nearly as much as Volume One. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Guardians. It's it's good. Don't get me wrong, uh, but um, I definitely. Have we really not mentioned Thor: The Dark World yet? <laughs> I mean, if Thor: The Dark World is still coming up in this, because it's only eighteen movies, I don't think it's all the movies that have been in the MCU, is it? I think that is all of them. Is it really? Yeah. So if we if we're really coming up to Thor: The Dark World still, I guess I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie and try to fucking remember it this time. Because okay, anyway, number number seven uh, gives us Captain America's Civil War. Um, okay, so now this one is actually getting pretty close. I don't think I would put it super super high on the list, although we We're have our big yeah. Um, Ooh. I think this might have might have made the top five for me. Yeah, it's top five. Uh, number six, Winter Soldier. Okay, now here is where I vehemently disagree because this one would be top three for sure. Top two. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> fair. If uh, Winter Soldier is not top two on your on your MCU list, you're you're doing <clears throat> it wrong. Number five, uh, Black Panther. Um, so this one again, we're going to talk a lot about Black Panther later. So I'll just save it and say that. Uh, I don't quite, I'm not sure this is a top five movie. It's I gotta, top I, 10. I want to rewatch it. It's top 10 for sure. And it makes sense that it beat out a lot of the movies that it did, but I definitely doesn't be winter soldier for me. Right. Um, number uh, four, Iron Man, the original. Um, that's, I think a fair placing for it. Um, this, this one also might be in my top three just because it kicked the whole shit it, off. But. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has the, uh, the bragging rights for that. Number three, Thor Ragnarok. I can't really argue with this one. Ragnarok is, uh, it's, I, I've actually, since that's come out, I've watched that, I think, three or four times now. It is it literally just one of my favorite entries into the MCU. And it's, uh, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, well, I don't know about this, man. Uh, the second time I rewatched it, it was like, oh, no, I get it. This is, uh, yeah. first off, it's all funny. And now even the things that weren't as funny to me the first time are funnier. And then the penultimate moments, of course, uh, are even better. Um, like, I, the, just that, um, Buy new Doug. Yeah, buy new Doug. Uh, for me, actually, my favorite my favorite scene in the movie, and this is going to be a little cliche, but my favorite scene in the movie is uh, right after when when right after when Hela says, "What are you the god of again?" Uh, and th- then Thor actually comes down with the lightning. Like that shit's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to immigrant <clears throat> song. Oh my god! I don't know. Taika Taika was just like, "Hey, you know what? Um, basically, we're making immigrant song the movie, and it's going to have jokes." And I was right fucking on board with that. Yep. So um anyway number two guardians of the galaxy the first one uh this wouldn't be a number two for me no okay uh it's it's, it's a good movie top five for ish i i don't know top five uh, i we're, think we're gonna um, end up with like six or seven movies in our top five but that's yeah. fair uh it basically becomes like movies that i'm fighting you know like i'd rather fight over which kid i love more but uh uh if yeah. guardians if the first guardians isn't top five it's six 
You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, one of it's, those that's it's, like... it's very close. And number one, The Avengers. Thor The Dark World, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not in there. So this isn't every single entry into the MCU. I because I saw Thor it. The Dark World was it. definitely... But I can't get mine to work. Did right, I skip so. it and I fucking forgot that fast? I don't think I did. Um, I'm scrolling back and I'm not seeing it. I can't even get mine. Ant Man, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man Two, Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, we, how did we? I, we we literally just did that. We literally, I just literally skipped it. My brain had no comprehension. Thor: The Dark World was, was 16. number sixteen. Yeah. So, did but we? there's no there's no way in hell that Captain America: The First Avenger is below it. No, for sure. I, I definitely did not. No, not at all. Not even close. It's not even fair. It's not, like not even a comparison I'm willing to entertain. Iron Man 2 and Thor the Dark World being 15 and 16, that's <clears throat> probably relatively fair. But I would have put them at 16 and 17. Yeah, so now for you, is Avengers the number one? No. No, me either. Um, it's it's up there. Maybe seven or eight, just because of the fact that it it it's not the strongest entry, but it is the first time we get to see them all on screen together. Um, for me, like... I might be able for to me, stick Civil in the top. Wars higher because I, I might be able to stick in the top five, and I'd probably out. I, it would probably outrank Civil War for me, but it wouldn't pass Winter Soldier. Um, the, it does not rank Civil War for me. Civil now, War was a better movie overall. Um, the the argument I think we get into is like, uh, well, you can't really have Civil War or Winter Soldier without the Avengers, and so what do you do about that? And you know, I guess that's fair, but I think as an overall movie, um, the, yeah, Winter Soldier is probably at the top of the list for, just for me because it's. I like Avengers. Don't get me wrong; it's a really good movie. Um, but it's a popcorn flick. I mean, there's not really there, there's well, a loosely they're strung all together flicks, but I mean, they are in some regards. But Winter Soldier has like a deeper subtext. Like um, when I got done, I remember this very, very clearly, um, which is weird because I I forget everything. But when I got home from Winter Soldier, seeing it the first time, my wife was like, "Well, how was your movie?" And I was like, "That might be the best fucking spy movie I've ever seen." Uh, uh, and you know, we're that talking about with. the the um, Captain America movies, so. Um, and just still, it, it it remains not just like a good comic book movie. It is a good, like, I, I will give it no uh, uh, false equivocation. It is a good movie. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's going to fall higher for me uh, uh, than I'm, Avengers. I'm because a, Avengers is pretty much purely just a popcorn flick. That, yeah, so that's that's my thing is Winter Soldier, I think, is probably my favorite. Um, I I, I thoroughly am expecting Infinity War to, to unseat that. You know, uh, I'm trying not hard not good. to have any expectations of Infinity War because I was really disappointed by Ultron, and I don't want to have that feeling happen again. Although th- that said, Russo brothers, baby, Russo brothers, man, Russo brothers are on board. Um, they did Infinity War, or they did Winter Soldier, they did Civil War. They've got the chops to do a big yep. team up movie like this. Uh, everybody knows, literally, the entire Marvel universe knows that uh, this is going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread for them if they if they execute on it. So. Yep. Um, yeah. And they're giving themselves an extra week of revenue before Deadpool comes out. Mm hmm. Because <laughs> they moved it up by a week. Oh, yeah. I, I, that should have gone in the show notes, but, uh, I forgot. So I just, I think I just tweeted it, but yes, April, praise, April praise be we, we get it, uh, a week earlier than originally planned. April 27. Um, and that's a super smart move because Deadpool does come out on May 18th. My nice. birthday, by the way. I'll be 40 the day Deadpool comes <laughs> out. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, it Fox isn't technically part of Disney yet because that deal has not been uh, approved and ratified and all that kind of stuff by the FCC and SEC and all that good stuff. But uh, it it definitely is going to be a draw, and so it gives the Infinity War people uh, an extra week for revenue. And then Solo comes out at the end of that month, uh, Memorial Day, so um, they're not taking money out of their own pockets that way. 
I think yeah. it, it, financially, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. I don't know. I just that's gonna be a sweet month for me. Yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, I'm gonna start buying tickets now. Speaking of sweet months, uh, April uh, also I think brings us new Legion. Oh, is it that early? I, I let me double check because it's been a while since I read this headline, but I do believe the premiere date is in April. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the last two episodes of last season. April third. April third. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. April. April. I guess I'm just I'm gonna take that month off of work and we're gonna go watch Deadpool, Legion, and uh, fucking Infinity War. Well, and then but the fun starts next week because we get Jessica Jones on Friday. Oh, I fucking forgot. Is Season it two really seriously Friday? Sixth. Yeah. Dope. Uh, yeah. So Jessica Jones, man, this is gonna be a this is this is solid. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited. And I think we're getting a, a third wheel for uh, uh, Ready Player One. That should be because I assume that nobody else we know will go with us to go see that. <laughs> Not with the vehemence that I think we will. I think that I think you know. I hope it does well. I hope there's. I, I think there's enough in there for people that it, the trailer will entice them a little bit. Like what for for starters? Like why is the fucking uh, um, DeLorean in it? Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Bailey Bailey's gonna want to go with us. He's halfway through the book now. I loaned it to him the other day, and he read half of it in one sitting. So. Yep. <laughs> I I believe. I read that book cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for that. So yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Um, do, do we want to, do we want to hold off on Black Panther still or you want to talk? About yeah. It let's, let's talk about this, uh, we'll, we'll uh Benny Off and Wise thing real quick and then, uh, yes. we'll refill our, our beverages and. Okay, so Star Wars of Thrones is the heading title I gave this. Uh, so, many of you have heard the names Benioff and Weiss, and you may not know why, because you may not be uber nerds like us, but those are definitely the showrunners of Game of Thrones. Um, it's a, you know, it's a little indie flick, uh, indie promotion that uh, HBO does. I, I think it's doing reasonably well. I've heard I've heard a few people talk about it. Yeah, yeah mixed results really, but um, yeah, Benny F and Weiss uh, run that thing, and they're gonna be doing a new Star Wars no, series. In, in all seriousness, we will be talking about Game of Thrones later on in the show um, because I'm done with it. Uh, finally, now you're gonna up. wait two years like the rest of us fucking That's fucking idiots. Only yeah. a year now, right? <laughs> is it possibly 2019? I think. Yeah, but yeah, it is only a year now. And they're usually a maybe you a, made the smart call here. They're a winter show, I think, right? I don't know. I would say all bets are off. And no, actually, they're not usually. They usually debut in like uh, April. So a year. Yeah. Year plus. So we'll see, though. I don't know if that's going to hold true for um, uh, this one. It's going to be a shorter season. We already know that. It is going to be a, a shorter season with longer episodes. We know that it's going to probably yeah. set records in terms of like viewership and shit like that. Final so. season. So <clears throat> we'll see. Anyway, Game of Thrones creators, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are going to write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. Yeah. Okay, also, so, um, there's a new Star Wars trilogy that's being planned that's not the Ryan Johnson uh, trilogy as well. So, say what? So, in addition to the one-off movies, we're getting two new trilogies out of the mouse uh, within the coming years. Okay, so first question. Do we think that these uh, trilogies, either by... Let's, let's start with Benny F. and Weiss. Do we think it's going to be based on characters we already know? Um, or offshoots of characters we know, like uh, is it going to be Obi Wan Kenobi's lost love child uh, or some uh, shit like that? Yeah, I don't think it'll be anything like that. But I do think I, I so I think it'll be new characters, but I think there will be loose references to characters that we know. Yeah, I, think I mean, you we have gotta to do that. tie it to Star Wars in some way yeah. a little bit, just kind of like we've always done uh, with you know pretty much anything in the main Star Wars canon. Um, um, but it doesn't you know like they know Luke and Leia are a thing and that type of thing but yeah. not necessarily that it's going to be directly based around them. So here's the thing um, 
Brian Johnson's uh, work on episode eight, while may not it may not be as appreciated as as others, <laughs> um, in some ways, I do not envy him doing a new uh, non Skywalker trilogy because the extended universe that we knew before Disney bought uh, Star Wars um, had a really faithful following. But one of the advantages those writers had was they were still writing around the same core set of characters um, that we all know and love. Having to create something new within that universe and create characters that hopefully will be as beloved as the ones that we know is not an easy task. So same okay. thing with uh, the the TV show that um, that's going on here with uh, Benioff and Weiss. Like that's that's. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody because it's well, not, super not hard. TV series, films, Star Wars films. films sorry, why sorry. Yeah. Okay, so actually, I was going to say the opposite. I think Ryan Johnson was probably the wrong pick to do the Last Jedi, um, and I think that JJ is a much better fit for the Star Wars Skywalker series proper. And I think that Ryan Johnson is not a wrong fit for Star Wars, and I think him doing his own shit is probably going to be a lot better. Yeah, well, yes, but it's still not an easy task to try and bring oh, you into no. something that no, no, isn't no. familiar. Um, to your point, I would have loved to have seen the whole trilogy done by Abrams. Uh, yes. Um, the one thing that I would have been a little bit more cohesive at least is, yeah, the one thing I keep coming back to is that, like, still when I watch The Force Awakens for the, uh, I don't know, umpteenth time, I still get the, like, warm fuzzies and, like, uh, Star Wars nostalgia feeling. And I just don't really pick that up from Last Jedi. And part of that is by necessity, like, they're moving off of, uh, they're moving off of, um, the, the sort of, like, you know, reboot train of, like, we gotta make people realize that it's Star Wars again. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I just, I'm I'm actually hopeful for the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think I'm going to be more hopeful for the Ryan Johnson trilogy than I am going to be for the um uh other the the Last Jedi. Uh, you know, having seen how that turns out, and and for the Benioff and Weiss thing, I actually really, really, truly think that the best way for them to go is probably to stay away from the main canon. You have to. I, I mean, it I mean, can, it can, it can have effects on the main canon. It could be something that, you know, you can, you know, extrapolate from the main canon. But I think if they do something, uh, based around the main canon, you know, where it's uh, like a direct tie in, it's going to be a mistake. One thing they could do is go kind of like the Rogue One direction and tell a story that takes place within a piece of the story that we're already familiar with, where that's kind of happening in the background. But then we see, uh, some other things. Um, it would be like a Tales of the Most Likely Cantina um, or Tales of the Bounty Hunters kind of situation where those all are stories that happen while other events that we know are happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that they can go for that. Like, like um, I'm just picturing a world, you know, like similar to the video games and extended universe. Like, what if we get something like a, a Knights of the Old Republic done by Benioff and Weiss or something like that? And I'm not saying tell that story again. I'm saying tell something of that caliber. Uh, that makes me that excited you about Star Wars. You almost could tell those stories, though. Um, you could do you Shadows could. of the Empire. They you could know do, what I mean? They could do lots of things. They could do. They could adapt something from the extended universe that's been decanonized because there's a lot of fucking good stories in there. Um, or they could go back to the Old Republic, and because there's a lot of good stories to be told in that, they could go completely the other way with it. All I'm saying is, like, if I got something of that quality level, where uh, you know, I was really, you know, I, I would say that the familiarity isn't give us, necessary. Give us the Revan story. That would be amazing to see on film. Same, yeah agreed but you know like my primary example of this i think is rogue one rogue one i think is a really really good star wars film and don't get me wrong it does tie into the main story and there are some direct you know uh uh, things into the main story there but the movie is really kind of its own thing and i think that it benefits from being that way so anyway i would agree yes 
Shall we grab a beverage and then talk about the Black Panther? We should. Okay, let's do it. I don't know. Oh, uh, steam sale this weekend. Uh, not not like a huge sale or anything like that. Just their normal weekend sale, but mm-hmm. Square Enix uh, titles up to eighty percent off. I actually grabbed uh, Final Fantasy X and X two HD remaster for only fifteen bucks today. Wow, nice. Um, and uh, Final Fantasy VIII I got for like five ninety nine. Cool. Well, and this is staying in. This is like a PSA. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to matter for anybody that's listening to the show at this point. But it, it, yeah. it won't. But here's the thing about Steam. Like, if those games interest you, then you throw it in your wish list. And then the next time it's on sale, you get an email that says, hey, something in your wish list is on sale. Yeah. Or if you have the Steam mobile app, which is horribly outdated at this point and looks like it was designed in 2008. Because it, it was. It is terrible. Um, and it logs me out constantly. You do at least get a push notification that says, uh, hey, the thing is on your sale. Yeah, it logs me out constantly. So I, I don't use it as much. It, it's but, a pain in the ass. Um, um, it, it's a bad app. They need to redo it. But it does have that one functionality, which is I get push notifications for things on my wish list. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I spent I spent 20 bucks on Steam today and uh, started playing Final Fantasy VIII earlier noise um noise oh this is a good time to catch everybody up on on what's new um before we get into to some lengthy black panther discussion uh, I feel like we're being a little bit of a cock tease right now like people are just like i know black panther and we're, we're just keep you know i know it's okay we'll get around to it first who wants to hear about what foot cream i'm using this week no i'm just kidding oh, i, I made that up no but i am watching the simpsons Yes, you mentioned. Beginning to end. So um at current count I have five hundred and eighty six episodes left to watch before I'm current. See, I, I, I appreciate your commitment because I know I would give up uh, pretty quickly into that probably. I think I could probably make myself go all the way to 10 or 11, and I think after that I'd probably fall right off. So it's really funny because I had forgotten totally that Fallout Boy took their name from the character of Fallout Boy, who is Radioactive Man's sidekick in The Simpsons. Oh, really? And so I watched the first episode of, of The Simpsons the other day that featured Radioactive Man and Fallout Boy. <laughs> um. So that was funny. Um, it's also interesting because um, being familiar or more familiar with some of the voice actors that did guest spots and stuff like that. Phil Hartman, of course, I was always familiar with. But then watching The Simpsons, um, it, 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 I really noticed the first episode where yeah. Phil Hartman was in it. I was like, I don't think I've heard him before. And then I go back and check that on IMDb and sure as shit in the trivia. It's like, you know, first episode first of episode feature of Phil, Phil Hartman. Hartman. Yeah. John Lovitz does a lot of voices. Yeah. Early on. Um, uh, lots of, lots of people, um, show up randomly, uh, on the Simpsons, even early on. And I think it's, it's, it's great. It does take a little while for Homer's voice to, to really click. Yeah. It's always Hank Azaria that does it, right? Uh, no, it's, no, uh, uh, Dan Castellaneta. Yeah. It, it, but yes, he doesn't really get the Homer voice, I think, solid until like season three, probably. Um, yeah, I would say late season two is yeah. is kind of when it starts to to gel. But uh, yeah, lots of good stuff in these in these earlier seasons. Uh, Simpson, eh? <laughs> Mr. Burns, probably one of my favorite voices ever. Oh, for sure. Uh, Hank Azaria does Mo though. He's he's Mo's lag, and that's I, I I think it's still like I don't, I'm not sure how much of it. You know, it's it's sad that the Simpsons have had the fall from the grace that they have because like half of my daily speech is probably Simpsons references. Right. Like uh, I, I do occasionally answer the phone, hoy hoy. You know, like yeah. uh, like Monty Burns. You know, like just uh, put your clot hopper on the Decella Matrix. You know, like uh, yeah, uh, love 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 Simpsons. Smithers, you know? release the hounds. <laughs> 
What about the hounds or the, the dogs, the dogs that, or what about the bees or the dogs that have bees in their mouths and shoot bees out of their mouths? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good bits in the Simpsons. Uh, there is. And I haven't even got to half the good ones yet. <laughs> Thanks, Scorpio. What about Mattress World or, uh, you know, say Mattress Land? Oh, you mean the old mattress statistic down, down on third? Yeah. Yeah. I, they, the weird, weird episodes, like, um, what, what's the one I watched the other day? It's, uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, but Bart goes to work for the mob. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure I remember this one. I probably, it, it's I'm super sure old. It's season, it's it. season two, I think. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he, he ends up accidentally working for fat Tony because he could make the best Manhattan in Springfield. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and they hijacked the truckload of cigarettes that I, I, I love the, uh, the very tongue in cheek, uh, political satire that, that the Simpsons did back then. Cause they had the, you know, the, the police chief, of course. And then, like, you've got all the people in the press corps and then in the audience at large, and they're just like, uh, how do you know we're not going to run out of cigarettes? And he's like, uh, um, well, I'm going to turn you over now to the uh, CEO of Laramie Cigarettes. And, <laughs> and like, he's, like, standing up there. He's like, don't worry. There's another truckload of Laramie 100s with that smooth tobacco flavor that you all love. <laughs> I'm just like, this is this is so funny because... That's how cigarette ads were back in nineteen fucking ninety and oh, shit they, like they that. Absolutely it's, were like when the, you could still have cigarette ads, for example. And and of course, it was being done as satire on The Simpsons, but you yeah. don't really notice. Uh, and and but watching it years later, you're just like, this is still relevant. This is oh yeah, for sure. So, um, anyway, six hundred or five hundred eighty-six. That's the number we're at. Uh, I, I plan on updating everybody, um, every episode with how many episodes I have left. Best of luck on that. I will make it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not doubting you, but I think if we go back and look at all the challenges and things like that we've done in the past, there's a huge whatever graveyard for things like this. There is. Remember yeah. when we when you were watching Stargate? Yeah, I did. I watched. I watched like two seasons. And I was playing through all the Final Fantasy games, which yep. I guess I technically kind of still am. I just haven't actually finished one. I mean, on on an infinite time scale, uh, uh-huh. you know, if I if I live to be a thousand, I definitely will have rewatched all of the Stargate episodes. And that's not even fair. I probably will rewatch this at some point. Oh, did you watch Stargate Origins? I still haven't. I gotta. I I gotta do that. I gotta do that. You can watch the first three episodes in literally thirty minutes because they're ten minutes piece. Yeah, I need to go do that. I just keep forgetting about it. Um, it's you definitely need to because I think there's things we need to talk about in it. Um, okay. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it as a whole yet. I there's more episodes out now. I've only watched the first three so far, but there's more episodes out. Um. I'm not sure that I would buy a subscription to Stargate Command just for this show. Yeah. I would buy it for the backlog easily. That's probably fair. But um but I don't think I would buy it just for this show. But it does it does make me wonder where Stargate goes from here. Yeah. All so right. anyhow. Uh Black shall Panther. We, shall we uh Black Panther? Um, okay, so I don't know where to even jump in on this. Uh, Black Panther, we've got a, um, I don't know, I'd say medium to heavily hyped movie coming up. Um, early press was really, really phenomenally good on mm-hmm. the movie. Um, there mm-hmm. is the whole cultural bias, uh, surrounding it in that this is the first, it's not fair to say first black superhero movie because, you know, like Wesley Snipes and, and Blade and all that kind sure. of stuff, but it is like the first predominantly black cast uh, uh, superhero movie. Um, there's a lot, you know, it is, it is based around, uh, African like, culture. Really, the only, Honda. the only white people, um, that play any major role are a hobbit and Gollum. So, yeah, basically. 
Um, they, they were the, uh, and, and I didn't make this up, but I have to stick with it because it's a good joke. Uh, they were the Tolkien white characters. The, the, yeah, the Tolkien white characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. the meme too, buddy. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> did at this point. So it's no. a very old joke that everybody's cringing at in their head, uh, at listening to this in their headphones. No, I liked it though. Yeah. We're sticking. I'm, it's in there. It's in there. We're not taking it out. Um, so anyway, there's, there's. I gotta say, this is a uh, not unprecedented levels of hype. I, this movie, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Wonder Woman in the whole cultural surroundings of I'm, it. I'm glad you said that because here's the thing: I think, and my initial impression was that Black Panther is as important for the African American community, um, or you know, black community, if you will, uh, because let's face it, they're not all Americans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I'm not. I don't want to pigeonhole it to just it's important for this country. I think it's important for uh, black people everywhere. Um, but again, I'm going to double down on on something that I didn't necessarily touch on at first. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, this is important for a couple of reasons. Um, again, the women get a super strong push in this movie. Like they are so important to the storyline that it, it's it would be unfair not to mention uh how big of a step this was for them as well yeah so actually <clears throat> that's a good place to jump off at because i've read this similar thoughts uh, along this lines before and i think it probably mirrors my own in that um this is one of the few um marvel movies few superhero movies where i find myself rooting for the supporting characters more than i do the actual hero dude i would marry his sister right now <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> she's awesome um yeah. I, I it's funny too because i had just finished up watching black mirror um and i don't know if you've caught up on that i've um, not watched it black mirror is really good uh but the uh god what's her name leticia Wright, i think is her name um who plays uh black panther's sister whose mm-hmm. character name i can funnily enough cannot uh, remember right now siri i think siri yeah uh siri siri, siri. not siri um yeah she plays in a black mirror episode and she was pretty good in that and i remember it like thinking uh you know how cool she was in that episode and uh, like i'd never seen her in anything before and then it's shuri shuri and then uh we get to black panther and she shows up there and i was like holy shit she's in this thing too and and she was actually really really good i thought she kind of stole basically every scene that she was in yeah um Um, i also liked umbaku umbaku yeah that's another the white ape clan uh yes especially because um you know that's not a character that let's just say that character's a little problematic you know he's a problematic character in the in the modern day um uh oh you couldn't portray him in the movie the way that he was portrayed in the comic books for, for years for sure yeah uh, so uh, they did a really good job with that too and that's another example of like every yeah. single scene he was in was just breathtaking like like awesome and like he's... when he he uh, busts uh, um um fucking the hobbit's balls about uh Oh no, we're vegetarians. Like that was that I died yeah. because there's not a super super lot of levity in this movie, um, but the moments that it does have is is pretty solid. Well, and he's actually um, Mbaku is one of T'Challa's main rivals uh, in the in the comics and stuff like that too. So we can expect if if there's a sequel um, that shows up a little bit more that that we see him develop into an actual rival or villain versus in this I case know. I don't know unwilling participant to to overthrow uh, Killmonger. Yeah. Um, 
Michael B. Jordan, of course, uh, another scene stealer. Uh, um, I think that he had a pretty solid part in this movie. Honestly, though, this is the one, one of the few that I think gets a little bit more credit than I think it really deserves. Um, I, I, I'm, I, Michael B. Jordan was good in this movie, but uh, a lot of people came out of this talking about him like he was like the second coming or something like that, and I don't think that's quite. Here's fair. the he, weird part: he was good, but he there was a great. lot of people that talk about how fleshed out he was as a villain, and he wasn't because. And we are going to get into spoiler territory, so I just want to throw that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, you see him as a kid playing b-ball right about the time that T'Chaka uh, has his dad killed or kills his dad. Yeah. Right? And then you don't even know that's him until, like, he's the big bad. So... Now, don't get me wrong. It's I don't think that it wasn't it wasn't that he was fleshed out or something like that. I think that the thing here was he had plausible motivation, and also I think it was really kind of hard not to side with him a little bit. All um, you have though is Martin Freeman telling you what this guy's good at to to like give any kind of indication as to what he is and whatnot. Well, so and like, and I didn't care for that. You saw him a little bit in the museum and whatnot. That was fine. Uh, working with Ulysses Claw. But it wasn't necessarily – he was good. Michael B. Jordan was good. He played the role that he was given very well. I'm a Michael B. I, I'm a fan uh, in this case. But I just don't think the character was written as as well as I would have liked I for think, this movie. I think the thing for me here in, is – and this is a typical criticism of Marvel movies. Um, not so much of late. I think of late they've gotten a little bit better about this. But having very one-dimensional uh, characters with motivations that don't really make a lot of sense when you think about it. And I think that this one, honestly um, – as much as like you deplore the methods, but on the other hand, it's kind of like, well, he's he's not entirely wrong, like right. Uh, and 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 I think that's that's the thing for this character, and I think one of the reasons that it gets a lot of praise in the way that it does is because, you know, and again, I can't really speak to this because I'm you know as white as the day is long, but I think if you're a, a African American or black person in the United States and you're watching this and you're looking at where he's coming from as a character. Uh, you're probably feeling a little bit like that too, as you know, the, the rampant inequality is sort of like, uh, being, you know, uh, swept out from underneath the rug over the last, you know, I mean, and again, that's maybe only, that's, that's a very white person perspective. I think, uh, black people have known exactly how unequal America has been for a really long time, but I think it's really recently in the last, you know, five to 10 years, um, th- th- this has become a very, very, um, well, this, that's not even fair. That's kind of a dumb comment because obviously we had a civil rights movement and shit like that, but, um, we're kind of in a like a second renaissance of that, like in in terms of like a civil rights movement, and Black Lives Matter, and uh, all that kind of thing. Due to the rise of specific people in our government, um, yeah, the basically giving lowest to common it. denominator being you know the racists in, of the country have decided that it's okay uh, to be racist again. Yeah, so I think racial tension is at a super high, and so um, I, I don't know that that was kind of one of my perspectives I had on the film was that they. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things that worked about me for the, this film, like trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes a little bit. I'm watching this movie from sort of both characters' sides, you know, as if I had these similar struggles, which obviously I didn't. You know, and don't get me wrong, my life hasn't been a peachy keen. I've I was a white kid. I was super poor growing up. I had a lot of the problems that uh, you know any any you know super poor person has. But nobody's ever pulled me over because I'm white. You know, yeah. That, that well, you had white people problems. I had white people problems. Yes, um, poor white people problems. Don't get me wrong, but there's just like. You don't face the the uh, stereotype, I think, that a lot of people do. You know, like an interesting one. I saw a tweet. Um, 
earlier today that pointed out fines in um like a particular uh suburb of new york city uh, or not a suburb but you know a borough um, one of the boroughs um pointed out that basically like the cheaper your parking was the more intense the fine and fee was and, and you know in a way that it particularly infected affected blacks and the more you the more you went up from that the, the le- less the more lenient you got so at the very very bottom you had a fi- a, a fair a, f- a fee that was like two dollars <throat> and if you missed that or were delinquent in some way you can end up facing jail time with a felony on your record and then if you had a fee up to fifteen dollars and if you got that one that was the top tier uh if you missed that you like you got a not even a sternly worded letter you got like a hey stop doing that type of thing you know, it's funny because I think we're actually pretty good examples of how easy it is um, to be poor white people because uh, I, speaking for myself, like I didn't have a high school education. I got a GED when I was 24. Mm. Um, still don't actually have a college degree, but I have a relatively decent career and um, it, it I didn't face the challenges of, you know, I didn't get pulled over going to work. I didn't get pulled over walking down the street. Um, things like that. So as much as I didn't have a lot of money growing up and I wouldn't say I'm wealthy right now, well, I it, mean, it, it feels like it was a lot easier for me to get from where I was to where I am than it would have been had my situation been different in a different part of the country. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things that's, that's going on. I'm coincidentally like, uh, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not like some, like, uh, 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 weird white guy going on like a black history month binge, but I'm also reading, uh, Barack Obama's dreams from my father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Barack has been criticized throughout, you know, many parts of his political career and life as basically just being not black enough. Uh, and so it's weird. To, it's, it's kind of interesting to get, you know, different perspectives on this sort of thing. And yet one particular group always accuses him of pulling the race card. Yeah. So what's interesting here to me though, is that like from both sides of the spectrum, um, you know, like you, you've got the, the, um, you know, you've got one end that's being, you know, really profiled and, and things like that. And, you know, or quote unquote, you know, like too black or something like that. Or you, when you talk to a certain group of people, they have a stereotype of what black people are in their head. And then I'm, you know, reading Barack's book in which he's, you know, basically saying like, uh, like, I guess the short, the long and short of it is like, I've never had to stop and think like, am I being white enough or not too, too white or, right. you know, like the thing is like, I, I long for a world in which everybody can experience what I've experienced as a white person, which is to say that I just don't think about it. I don't have to care. I don't, it's never a topic that comes up. I don't have to worry about it right. in any sense. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that, that's kind of one of the things that I was thinking about watching Black Panther is that like, um, there is a, I don't know. It's not like this is a revelatory movie and it's not really there to be a racially charged movie. And so I, I kind of, everybody I think is projecting a little bit on this movie. However, that is sort of a, a theme of the movie. Like the whole premise is essentially centered around the fact that uh, Michael B. Jordan Killmonger thinks that Wakanda with all of its advanced technology and weaponry is basically letting black people all over the world suffer um, because, you know, that is uh, unfortunately a little bit of the reality of the world. Um, well, and, and to your point, He's kind of not wrong, um, but it also that particular piece of it I think was pretty well done um, within the movie because uh, T'Challa kind of figures it out by the end that that Wakanda does need to 
share its resources with with the rest of the world and stuff. And I yeah. think that was a good teaching moment for the so, the main character. And even that was a good. Uh, I think um, you know. So again, if you know, obviously not being black, um, there's there's not a lot of things that I can personally identify. I mean, I have empathy. I can put myself in those shoes. But uh, you know, even then, there's a lot of things you can pull out of this. Like one of the things that was a big theme in the movie is isolation, uh, isolationism versus interventionalism. Right. Um, and so I like the way that they did that too, and it should really kind of the difference between Killmonger and um, T'Challa uh, uh, was that one of the big things was um, Killmonger wasn't just like, we need to lift our people up sort of thing, uh, you know, rise them, you know, to a level of equality. It was, we need to put our people on top of other people. We're going like, to subjugate everybody else. We need to subjugate everybody else. Uh, you know, like, uh, and that was, you know, like, I think where the real, you know, element lies with the villainism is that essentially like he doesn't want to, um, stop suffering he wants to change who's suffering uh and so i thought that was a, a really a good way to, you know a good foil for black panther and and you know really showing like what kind of a king t'challa is going to be and stuff like that because t'challa i think was much more like oh yeah there are problems so, but we need to change you know like we need to change that aspect of things you know so for me my biggest problem with the movie was looking at the beginning and and killmonger's origins is why t'chaka and and Killmonger's uh fucking uncle, yeah, the one that the one that ratted him out in the first place. Like, why so they didn't just like no, um, no, the other guy, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Why they didn't just walk down into the basketball court and grab the kid and be like, hey, uh, this bad shit happened. We're gonna take you to Wakanda and show you. Well, I mean, what uh, your world didn't is. They you know what I mean? That because when when they're in the the when they're in the like um when. T'Challa goes on his vision quest when he gets the Black Panther powers again, drinking the purple drink, which I thought was a little bit, uh, you know, come on, purple drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, wh- when they do that, uh, don't, don't when doesn't the king, you know, former king T'Chaka say something like, "Yeah, I kind of fucked that one up." You know, yeah. Like, I mean, they they address it, but it still doesn't explain why they just didn't grab the kid because, like, obviously, um, obviously the the spy knew that the kid existed well i know i think that legitimately was i think that like he he doesn't probably say it in as many words but i think he's legitimately like yeah that was a mistake i shouldn't have fucking done that you know like i just don't get why they would have done it in the first place like kill the king but like not kill the the brother but like leave the kid like they did i think he he says as much like that yeah mess that one up my bad like like you're just gonna leave your nephew Basically, yeah, he was just like, eh, what the fuck ever. Yeah. The, the motivations there are weak, and I think that's probably a weaker storytelling element. So yeah. that, that's, that's my, that's my, my biggest issue with it. What do you think of Michonne? Uh, Michonne. Dude, um, it took me quite a long time to even realize it was Michonne. Um, because, um, many, okay, so Walking Dead fans know, uh, the character Michonne, and, uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know her name off the top of my head. Uh, it's, uh, Lupita Nyongo. Okay, Lupita Yango. Uh, she is that no, no, no. He just is... no, no. She's the one that's in Twelve Years a Slave. Um, she played uh, Nakia. Sorry, uh, it's Danny Guria. Okay, so or Denai. I don't remember how to how to pronounce her name. Sorry. Anyway, that that person um, who's awesome in The Walking Dead uh, and we really enjoy. Um, the thing is, um, you know, one of the Michonne's main features is she's got those wicked dreads. Yeah. Totally a wig. Um, it's been a wig for I think as the long entire as characters. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's always kept her hair either short or bald. Yes. So that was interesting. But the what what's weird about that is like 
it's really hard. I, I mean, to see her because so much of Michonne uh, is the the wig essentially. That it took me. I was probably halfway through the movie before I was like, "Holy fucking balls! That that's Michonne." Like, the uh, the scene where they're um, trying to get to Claw in the uh, before they capture him. Yeah, when she's in that red dress. Like I was pretty sure. Like I didn't watch it with my wife. She watched it ahead of me, but yeah. like. She's always had kind of a thing for Michonne in the first place, and then and then watching her walk around that dress, I was like, "Man, she's smoking." Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so um, you know, there's something to be said for the the casting in general on that be- too, because uh, you know, th- this is something that I haven't really been super aware of. Um, but uh, one of the things I heard actually on another podcast. I, I want to say it was a podcast. There I, are I, other I, podcasts. There, there are several, and I want to say this is. I thought uh, we were the only one. Weird. I think we'd have more subscribers if that were true. Eh, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I want to say it was on keeping it. Doesn't uh, six subscribers like pretty much corner the market these days? No. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's only like ten people that listen to podcasts, so it's fine. Um, but I think on uh, one of it's one of Crooked Media's podcasts, and I think it's called Keeping It, and I think that's the one with Ira Madison the Third. Uh, and um, they were talking about it, and this is a, a, a I think I believe a, a panel of you know all black people, and one of the things that I said that was something I didn't really think about previously, and again I'm sorry, guilty white person, uh, was that they were like it, it was really nice to see that they didn't cast you know nothing but light skin people light-skinned black people because that tends right. to be the case like uh, and, and uh you know again i'm not i'm not here calling anybody out i'm not saying like you're not black enough or anything like that but but i'm thinking of like Halle berry um where she's like she's like uh, black obviously but i think she's like black that even the the ones that are like oh she's but she's one of the good ones you know like i think that's the kind of you know what they're getting I mean, out there a little bit like where people are like oh you know like there's black and then there's like you know the the things that the racists would be like oh that's too black you know sort of thing and so i i think that that's a little bit of an element here and they they mentioned that where like uh it was nice to see like you know true like true diversity in that not only with uh well i mean not entirely, but uh, diversity in the comic book world of like they didn't just cast you know like that that one particular type of character you know they really cast a representative lot um, which is again something we were talking about in Wonder Woman too they did not simply cast a bunch of models to be Amazons which I think was sort of telling uh, sort of a great thing and I think that's in fact that's the easier way to have said it they did not cast a bunch of models to be uh, um, the, Wakandans. the Wakandans you know. Uh- yeah, and here's the thing. Um, it it sucks that it's 2018. Uh, yeah, why are we still talking and we're about still this? talking about race and whatnot? But um, if this helps, it, here's the thing. I'm not black. I cannot tell you what it's like uh, to live the life of a, of a black person in America. I can't. Um, and that's not I mean, me. the best I can do is try to a- empathize with it, but yeah, well, and that's, that's always that's, hard. That's the thing is sometimes you can't even imagine, empathize yeah. because you don't know, um, but you don't have to is what well, I think as white people, one of the things that we need to realize that we need to do, um, and not to get too preachy, but like it, for me, acknowledging, um, how easy we do have it. And I'm not saying it's easy, easy for everybody, but just acknowledging that we don't have hardships that other people have. Uh, goes a long way toward being able to understand some stuff. Yeah. I mean, and again, that, that, again, this whole thing just comes down to a basic level of empathy to me. Like, I think yeah. racism would go away immediately if everybody just had that basic level of empathy. And I think you see that actually, um, 
Uh, we've seen this dozens and dozens of times. People who are hardline racists or hardline bigots about uh, as sexuality or something like that tend to have that greatly lessen as soon as they're around somebody who is of that type. Uh, right. uh, whatever thing that is they hate, whether it's uh, trans people or gay people or uh, black people or Chinese people or whatever, Asians in general, you know, they, they, they have that go away when they can actually associate it with a real person that they can empathize, I, empathize with. I can't tell you what it's like to live life as a minority, but I can tell you that I've never been shot during a routine traffic stop reaching for my driver's license. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like so, your reaction, like when you see the police is not like, oh God, I might die right now. Uh Dude, I drove around for two months with expired tags. Yeah. I'm just, it probably, uh, yeah. So anyway. I was worried I was going to get a ticket. I wasn't worried that I wasn't going to walk away from an encounter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess. Uh, I didn't get a ticket, by the way. I guess for me, um, I guess for me, the way to close this out is probably to say that, uh, here's the, one of the best pieces of praise I can give this is that while I was watching it, um, I wasn't really thinking like this, like, uh, in, in that, like right now we're having kind of a discussion about race and race relations in America and stuff like that. Uh, and I well, wasn't really thinking we're like responding that. to backlash since the movie's been out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I was going to say too. That's because at this point I've, I've read a hundred different think pieces and listened to a bunch of podcasts talking about the movie and all of the kind of implications and stuff like that it had. Uh, but watching the movie, I just really enjoyed it. Like it was just, too. it was just a really good movie. And although there were some things that were, you know, a little bit different from like the way that they uh, uh, would do the thing. It was all. It was all just really, really good. Uh, and so that's the thing here. Like if if you, um, I, I do think that it is some of somewhat of a seminal movie in the same the same way that Wonder Woman was. But I think that that's another thing too. Is like when we were discussing Wonder Woman under similar circumstances. One of the things that's clear is that it's still a really, really good movie. And the way that they did that was not was basically by showing the world like they didn't they didn't um you know like hollywoodize the world in that like they did like again in the case of wonder woman they didn't cast nothing but models in the case of black panther they didn't cast nothing but light-skinned models you know uh they they you know they cast real people and and made characters they rather than stereotypes and that that's it's it's really kind of sad that this is the first time that this is one of the things that's been true but i mean here we are it's 2018 and this is kind of one of the first times that's been true uh for this type of movie so again not the first you know uh quote-unquote black movie not the first you know black superhero movie first one i think that's probably really truly been fair uh uh in that regard though last thing i want to i want to mention about black panther is um i don't know that there's anybody more perfect that they could have cast for the lead role than chadwick boseman i've been nothing but impressed with him oh he's been really good and like i said it's it's sort of um you know, I, I said at the top of this thing that um, the supporting cast kind of outshines Chadwick a little bit, I think, um, b- b- uh, you know, more the Black Panther character. And it's not because Chadwick's bad. He's he's also amazing. Um, but because the supporting characters in this are so, so well done. Have you ever heard him talk in an interview? Uh, I don't think so. Doesn't have an accent at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he just straight up American? Yeah. Okay, that's funny because like everybody else in the movie is like uh, uh, English or something like that. I mean, unless unless the fact that I've heard him in a, in interviews, like he didn't. I mean, he did not have an accent when I heard him, so I assume that it wasn't because he was trying to stay in character for a role. Like I assume he does. <laughs> he just doesn't have one. So yeah. um, the fact that he can have that accent and he sounds I was thought he was very British. African. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not. I mean, I can look it up real quick because I got an iPad right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just otherwise, why is the why is the guy's name Chadwick? Um, South Carolina. 
Wow. Who names a kid Chadwick? I, th- I assume that was British. Also, he's 40. Man, we're going to get some mail. I wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, I was telling my wife, like, I freaked I freaked the fuck out when I was, because I, I looked him up on IMDb after I got back and I was like, holy shit, Black Panther's 40? Yeah. Um, Like, this is another, please forgive me, but uh, the stereotype that, that I've heard repeated, which is like, black don't crack. And that's the same thing. Like, you look at like Will Smith and he's like, I don't know, 107. And Halle Berry probably <gasps> is probably literally like 50 now. I don't know. How old is Halle Berry? Look uh, up and get her in IMDb right I now. I can find her. Yeah, I'm, I got but it open. So it's just uh, ridiculous, and maybe this is partly because Hollywood. This tends to be true in general. Like y- you, 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 you have ho- you have age, and then you have Hollywood She's, age. Halle Berry's fifty one. Yeah. God damn, um, son. God then, damn. Let's uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is forty six. So. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's unfair. Like Chadwick. Especially like when I got back, I I thought Chadwick was like twenty seven, you know. Anyway, not not fair. How old's Michelle Obama? Uh, I think she's in her fifties too. Because she also um has aged very well. I mean, she's practically yeah, a newbie not, goddess not a though. So on her, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just throwing that out there. You know, as long as we're ranting about things that are probably going to piss people off, one of the things that pissed me off that I was thinking about a lot recently is just how exactly the Obamas modeled the American idea, ideal, you know, a nuclear family, no scandals, no cheating, uh, loving, caring people, 2.5 kids, a dog, uh, father's a constitutional law professor, mother is, you know, uh, into, uh, God, she was a lawyer as well, super well-educated. Her brother's a basketball coach at OSU or was. Like, Honestly, th- this is one of the things that kind of pissed me off. And again, it- it's it's very coincidental that I'm kind of thinking a lot about this on in in February, but um, and probably mostly because I'm reading the Obama's book. Oh, and there's this really fucking great podcast that I cannot recommend enough. I tweeted about it the other the other day, um, but it's a podcast called Making Obama. It's from WBEZ, which is the same uh, station that does. Uh, it's a public radio station and, and it also does Amer- This American Life, which is probably the thing you've heard. But I was listening to that and um, just thinking about like, God damn, how much are we grading on a curve? Like th- he's literally like if you changed his name to Kennedy and he was white, uh, all of a sudden, like he would be the the family. The ideal American. Would, the, he would be the ideal American family. Uh, and, you know, so anyway, um, I, I here's the thing. It bothers me how much shit people like to give Michelle Obama. Because she's Barack Obama's wife, um, and people like dude, dude, it. And again, same like, thing. Like, how much of a pass are the Trumps getting in the White House just simply because they're white? Because they li- literally exhibit none of the things that any evangelical ever anywhere has ever care- claimed to care about. Yeah, Michelle is is such a uh, like you can't look at her and be like she's a bad person. She's like she, for all intents and purposes, is a great fucking person, and it 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 is crazy to me how much hate she gets just for being Barack's oh god wife. god it, yes it's, it's god, ridiculous yes. um speaking of uh president trump did you hear that uh he thinks that what uh china's uh president has done is is wonderful is and wonderful maybe and we, we should, should try get it here. started on that whole you know president for life thing yeah yep yep nothing too scary about that uh in case we've not been clear enough about this because i know we deal a lot in sarcasm uh fuck trump Seriously, though. Like, right in his fucking 72-year-old asshole. Just fuck him. He's just the worst. He's the worst example of everything that's wrong with America, I think. I think, Or, or maybe the best example of the worst part of America. Like, li- almost literally, like, if, if you were going to write... 
if if we're gonna sit down and write a comic book villain foil for the United States of America, it would probably come out shaped a lot like Trump and sound a lot like here's, Trump. Here's the thing. You have an inarticulate fucking racist idiot in the highest office in the land who has as much education as, like, my left fucking shoe does, uh, the, who ha- is having extramarital, extramarital affairs left and right, who flip-flops on every single policy decision that's as- ever existed. He came out this recently this week and said something like, he's in favor of gun control, and then as soon as the NRA was like, oh, whoa, 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 slow the fuck down, buddy, we control the campaign contributions, he was like, oh, never mind, I was just kidding. It, it, is infinitesimally bad as W was, I would take eight more years of W before another year of Trump. It that's that's oh, where God, I'm at it's right an now. easy you know, it's an easy it's an easy calculus just because like as an American, like I don't have to like W, um, but I can I can respect him, even though I, I disagree with basically everything he did in office. I can have some sort of respect in, with, with him. Uh, with Trump, it's like I literally disagree with every second of every day that he's in office, and almost everything that he does on every single day that he's in office. And I cannot respect him. I cannot bring myself to respect him in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that he's president, I think, is probably one of the most disgraceful things that America has ever done. And um, and here's the thing: even when he was proposing something that the quote-unquote liberals would approve of, you know, when he was talking about um, removing guns from the mentally ill uh, population whatnot. Like, he was doing it in a way that still didn't make sense constitutionally. Like, he was removing due process from that whole so thing. And, you the know, thing with Trump that so you have to understand, though, is... He's um, not that smart. He's not smart at all. In fact, he's not smart at all. He's a shyster of the highest order. And the thing with Trump is that he will literally say whatever, whoever is in front of him, he thinks wants to hear. Yeah. He, he, he has no policy positions. He has no dogma. He has no mentality. The only thing he has is a, a severe, severe level of narcissism and, and need, uh, to feel, uh, like a, a winner. Healthy dose of misogyny. Uh, with a healthy dose of misogyny, that's fair. Lots of other agonies too. Uh, I, you know, he just, he, the only thing he has is a, is a grand sense of narcissism and self superiority. And that's basically like it. Um, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Politicians in general, I'm like not I, a fan. I'd like, like to even be, I, you know, the thing is, I'd like to say, man, he's a phenomenal con man. But the thing is, he's not. He's a fucking terrible con man. Just a lot of people are really dumb. That's that's the part that blows me away is like he does stuff in plain view of fucking everyone in the world and there's still enough people in my country yeah that are like oh no 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 you're mis you're misrepresenting him this is what he means and don't get me wrong here guys I'm not going all like r r r um Reddit slash r slash I am very smart like I'm not doing that I'm not saying like oh like if you come to be some enlightened individual like me and put on your fedora you'll see that all of this world is bullshit what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is, I'm really dumb, and there are people that are a lot, 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 lot dumber than me. Um, so, like, I'm really dumb, and I could fall for some of this shit. I have fallen for some of this shit. I don't, I don't doubt that I'm right now falling for some bullshit. Uh, there's probably something right now in my real life th- that is some bullshit that I'm falling for, and I'm just saying, like, like <coughs> Trump is on another level of bullshit that literally a child would probably point out the flaws with. And yet, in in this country, we've elected him president. I, I think George Carlin said it best. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I don't have his entire bit memorized. But fuck tits, cunt, shit. No, no. These owners of this country don't want us to change things. <laughs> I mean, no, because it's beneficial. And um, I don't mean the leaders. I yeah. mean the owners. Yes, because exactly. the Again, ones with the money 
again, uh, <laughs> who benefits from mass gun deaths? Uh, well, actually, as it turns out, the NRA and the um, gun manufacturers, because after a mass gun death, uh, gun sales go up because, you know, of They're course. They're going to take them. Well, they're going to take them. And you know what happens? You know what actually happens? Your house sets on fire and you know what you do to solve that is you go get some more fire and you pour the fire on the fire. And then if you, if that's not going away, what you do is you need more fire because what you need is a guy with a good fire. You need a good guy with a fire who will put out the bad fire. This uh, is with the bad guy with a fire. That's what you need. This is the funny part about this whole thing is, uh, and we haven't really talked a lot about gun control mainly because, um, I don't necessarily know that we're both on the exact same page when it comes to that, but, I I okay here here's where here's my page. Um, I am in general a favor. I, I generally approve of the Second Amendment. I do not generally approve of the carte blanche with with, with which the Second Amendment is interpreted. Um, when we when the Second Amendment was framed, we were talking about fucking muskets. We were not talking about a- semi-automatic AR-15s. Um, we were not talking about weapons uh, uh, of the caliber that we were designed with today. Secondarily, I don't think the framers would necessarily be like, "Hey, you know the village idiot that just kind of whacks animals over the head every five minutes because he doesn't know how know any better." Um, I don't think he should have a gun. Uh, it, like, I don't think the, the framers would have been like, yeah, no, that's, it's his constitutional right, buddy. Um, this is, this is, this is kind of the thing about it is, uh, not one person in all seriousness has talked about gun control since the Florida, uh, shooting has actually said anything about gun bans. And that's, that's the crazy part to me is how divided everybody is when really, the staunchest gun control advocates out there so far have been like, okay, but let's talk about what we can do to keep the hand, keep guns out of the hands of, of fucking crazy people. Like, well, can we, can we at least do that? The extremist point of view that I can take on this particular matter is that, um, the AR 15, by the way, is a small caliber rifle. I, I know. I'm just saying it, it is, <laughs> it is definitely, it, 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 it is designed purely for Like, it's not a hunting rifle. Like it actually there's... is entirely a hunting rifle. Well... It's it's got a different grip, so it looks different. That's the thing is is I, I I've grown up around guns my entire life because that's what my dad does. He's a military veteran and he is an avid hunter, has been his entire life. Um, it's a two two three rifle, which is what most people use to shoot deer. The thing with the AR fifteen is unless you get the longer barrel, though, it's less accurate than your standing hunter um, hunting rifle. Okay, um, I guess okay. it also was originally only manufactured with a five round magazine, uh-huh. um, and now we've got fifty round mags and whatnot, and that does make it a little bit more of a threat. Um, so I, I see that that's the thing. But, like I think I'm definitely probably the more you know quote unquote libtard on this uh, podcast, uh, and <laughs> and like my position on this isn't necessarily that we need to ban guns. It needs it needs to have a sane check. It's easier to go buy a six pack, or it's easier to go buy a gun in a lot of cases than it is to buy a six pack in a lot of counties. Like uh, the the thing that upsets me here is like. Um, if you're, if you want to be a hunter, if you're claiming self-defense or something like that, then you don't need a 50 round mag. Uh, that's not a necessity. That's not a necessity. It's insane to me. Um, the best anecdote, anecdote that I heard is that, um, uh, I cannot remember, but it was somebody from a relative position of authority saying, uh, I've got a guy that's on the no fly list. I want to say it's FBI that said some, some, uh, um, anonymous FBI source said, I've got this guy on the no fly list. Uh, he's, he's not allowed to fly because we know he has known sympathize. He's, he's a known sympathizer with ISIS and ISIL. Uh, 
but we can't. Oh, this this is what it was. The Obama uh, in I think 2016 actually gave a town hall in PBS, and he was saying, "Here's the situation we have in America today. Uh, we've got guys who are not on the no-fly list. They're not allowed to get on planes because they're known ISIL, known ISIS sympathizers, uh, and yet they can go buy a gun basically anywhere in this country without any issue." Um, and that's the thing I kind of have a problem with. Like there needs to be some relative restriction and don't get me wrong. I'm all for freedom. I'm all for civil liberties. I'm just saying the thing that I keep coming back to, the thing that I keep thinking, the the thing that keeps looping me in on this is that, uh, we're the only fucking country that has this problem. Um, we're not the only country that, uh, uh, allows guns. We're the only country that has this problem. Um, because we're the only country that allows them basically carte blanche. Um, so anyway, yeah. yeah I, the thing is, is a lot of people throw out uh, memes with like quote unquote facts and numbers and whatnot. Um, one of the big popular ones with uh, the extreme right is that uh, Switzerland requires their citizens to own guns, um, which is not true at all. Um, men in Switzerland are required to serve in the military for a specific period of time. And when that term of service is over, they have the option to buy their military issue uh, pistol or rifle. Um, what they don't talk about is that ammunition in Switzerland is very heavily regulated. Like the government knows exactly how much ammunition you have because you have to register it when you buy it. Yeah. Um, the thing, the thing that bothers me the most about the Florida shooting um, and why this is a national issue um, is beyond me because one of the reasons this kid was allowed to do what he was is because Florida as a state has almost no gun regulation. Um, there's in fact, in Florida, it is literally illegal to require somebody to register that they own a firearm. Like you, you are not allowed to keep a registry of that nature in the state of Florida. See, I think that's another thing that like goes around the bend a little bit, like a little bit, a a lot of people will say that like one of the reasons we have the second amendment is, um, because the framers originally wanted it as a way to stand up to tyranny and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I get that. But guys, let's be real here. Um, do you really think that, let's just say I got a stockpile, I got AR-15s and I've got Glocks and all that kind of shit stacked up in my house. Is that going to do me one fucking bit of good when I get drone striked? You know, like, because that's the power our government wields over us today. There's no amount of firearms that I can buy on the commercial right. market then, that are going to protect have me from the government. The you know? extreme opposite of that, which is saying, well, those shouldn't be illegal for us to own either. Uh, which I'm not on the same page with. Um, no, but I mean, like, so if I build a nuke in my backyard, it, it's cool, right? Right, you know? right. Because I'm, there's, there's a, cause I'm allowed to defend myself against this, a tyrannical yeah. government. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get it. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not a hardline 2A-er. Uh, I do think 2A is a part of America, and I don't think it's a part we're going to get rid of. Like, I think no, we're, we're 50 years. It literally, if you, if you wanted to talk about like truly banning guns from America, truly, truly banning guns in the way that like conservatives are like, Obama's going to ban our guns. Uh, if you wanted to talk about it like that, we're literally 50 years away from well, that, uh, at best. Realistically, though, I think what we need right now is like sane gun legislature. This is, this is what this we is need. It's a really fucking weird tangent from, uh, fucking Black, Black Panther. Is that where no. we came from this? Yeah, I think so. But this is, this is what we need. We need to look at it from multiple perspectives. We need to look at it from, yes, we do need gun laws that make sense. Yes, we do need to make sure that, uh, our, our people have access to healthcare, including mental health care. And the other portion of it is we also need to make sure that we have time to raise our kids to be human beings. 
I mean, that's a big piece of it too. See, the thing is, is like, uh, it's not a zero sum game. Um, like a lot of people I think are taking this position too, which is like, well, if you ban semi-autos, that's only going to affect mass shootings. And it's like, yeah, okay. Then there's less gun deaths. Cool. And, well, what if you, you know, or it's only going to affect suicides. Cause that's the other thing. Like gun deaths are more prevalent in the United States because they make it suicide much, much easier because people uh, right. tend to make suicide a decision on a whim. And with a gun, it's very easy to make that a permanent decision. Um, so like, if you, like, it's not a zero sum in that, um, you can have a multi-pronged approach on this. Like we do need to focus on mental health. We do need to focus right. on easy access to guns. That's, we that's do need to focus my on- whole point since this whole thing is that actually the last several mass shootings when this topic comes up. In fact, we haven't talked about it before because it's such a hot button thing that we're just like, no, let's just ignore it, but we can't. Um, and that's, there isn't one right answer. No, there's lots. There's, there's lots of right answers. And, yeah. and, and for the people that say that, Gun laws only, uh, only affect law-abiding citizens. Okay, sort of, but you got to look at the example of in 1973. Man, there was no fucking country for that one. 1973, there was no national speed limit. In 1974, they implemented a national speed limit for the first time ever, and the following year, automobile-related deaths were down 17 percent in one year after because. While that's true that not everyone followed the law, enough people did that it had a massive impact on a really fucking staggering statistic. Well, just go back, go back. Um, this is going to hit particularly close to home for us, uh, Oregoners, Oregonians rather. Um, Thurston. Thurston, uh, sure. Thurston, uh, one, probably one of the, it's one of the, the first, you know, school shootings that I think really kind of, it's it's really basically the beginning of the epidemic i think and one of the things here is, is that like had those child had those kids not had easy access to guns uh it wouldn't probably have happened uh yeah granted somebody with enough motivation can cause a lot of damage me with enough motivation right now can figure out how to make bombs and all kinds of shit in my backyard with stuff i can buy at walmart like that's true of basically anybody with enough motivation the thing is that this is not born out of a, a, a ton a ton of motivation this is not people who are practicing with terrorist ideology this is people who simply have access and the convenience to be able to do something like this right and uh if i'm not mistaken did where where did where did Kip Kinkle get his weapons? They were were they his parents? I I don't remember if it was parents or it was like an adjacent. Uh, but it was it was basically the fact that somebody around him um had guns. It wasn't That's, like it wasn't like he had to go purchase them on the black fucking market or something like that. Like we're not talking about drug dealers here, guys. We're talking about the, the mass availability of guns, especially in the case of school shootings to kids and other people with mental illnesses and stuff like that. It, it, it is simply the fact that there are guns all over the place. It, you know, tangentially, it, why is America fat? It's because you can go go to fucking any house in America, any street on America, and you can buy eight bags of chips and nobody bats an eye you know yeah um that's the thing is okay so that being said if you are a gun owner be responsible make sure they're locked up in a safe with a combination that only you know type of thing you know make sure your kids don't have access to your weapons like that's you know again 
unless you're a severe enthusiast, in which case your precaution level should go up a thousand points. Uh, do not leave, uh, do, don't just don't purchase. Like if you are like a part-time hunter that hunts once a year or something like that, you don't need an AR-15 with the extended mag, you know, like just get, get the thing that's going to not, you know, if, if taken in the wrong hands, cause less damage. Like we can scale this back a little bit, uh, um, through our own personal choices. One of the things that I've been pleasantly surprised about, because I don't think this has been true in previous shootings is that finally, um, the, the market forces are prevailing. Uh, yeah, fuck off libertarians. I know. Um, uh, the, the, uh, like Dick's sporting goods is no longer going to carry assault that. rifles and stuff like that. So, um, Dick's, Dick's actually hasn't carried them in a while, but they own different, uh, a different franchise as well. Like, that yeah, does. I'm not going to do it here yeah. either. Um, so yeah, the, the, the short story is like make, make responsible decisions. Um, and, and, you know, basically if you, if your kid can get your gun without, you know, with any more difficult than they, any, any less difficulty than with uh, what they can get into your phone, uh, then fucking you got something to fix there, bud. That's so, so I, I do have a little bit of an issue with the AR-15 taking the brunt of the, the hits on this, um, because, understanding what the ar-15 is compared to other rifles and things like that it isn't a lot different um but there is more availability for the high capacity mags and whatnot yeah i get it my brother um who is one of our biggest advocates for the show actually works for a firearms company Mm -hmm. um and whatnot and they make an ar-15 style rifle they're not AR-15 by name necessarily because it's I think Colt, Colt still owns a patent on the name. Yeah, because AR, AR, uh, you know, fancy story. AR doesn't stand for assault rifle. No, it's an armor rifle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was developed in 1959. Colt bought the patent I think in 1963 and held it for a long time. But um, it uh, they're fun to shoot. I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to admit, like if you're out on a range and you're target shooting and stuff like that, it's fun. And that's when the high capacity Mags yeah, don't get me wrong. That's handy. the thing. Like, um, uh, so this is where I I fall on kind of like both sides of the fence. When I was a kid, we shot guns. Like, yeah. I had guns. Uh, I I remember fondly uh going in the woods and shooting guns with uh, uh I think it was my stepdad at the time. Um, we shot twenty twos. I got to try a thirty out. That pretty much knocked me on my ass because yeah. I was like nine. Um, but we shot guns. Uh, like I was, I was coached. I was trained very carefully in how to handle the firearm before we actually got to do it. Um, all the basics of firearm safety were drilled into me 19 ways from Sunday before I ever got to actually like hold a gun. Um, the thing is like, uh, everybody doesn't get that same sort of care. And even people that do get that care, uh, are not necessarily people who should be holding firearms. Uh, and so that was the thing too. Like we went hunting and I remember like, th- like the difference between me and people who have easy access, this, these guns that do these mass shootings is like, I cringed really hard when I had to actually pull the trigger at a living thing. Like I, we went deer hunting and I actually did fire off a shot at a deer. I missed, uh, cause you know, again, I was a kid and I, I sucked, but, um, I did not pull the shot or anything. I just, when I was thinking about that, like it was a real thing for me thinking like, I don't know if I want to do this sort of thing. Um, but also understanding that like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. We, we, I eat meat still all the time all, all to this day. But yeah, I, I mean, like I'm, so I'm on both sides of the fence on this. Like, and I've been thinking about it lately too. Like it's not something that I'm vehemently opposed to get against doing. I, I, I have been considering for some time now, like if I want to have a gun and the short story is that I've come down with is that I know the statistics, like I'm not, I'm not Rambo. Like if somebody breaks into my house, it's more likely that I'm going to shoot one of the kids than it is that I'm going to shoot the intruder, like vastly more likely. And so that's really kind of been how I've come down on that decision is like, 
I know what the statistics are. I know what my imagined, you know, sort of like folksy, like, oh, common sense says, like the good guys with the guns stop at the bad guys with the guns. In practicality, that's not what happens. Uh, we had at, at Parkland, we had a fucking good guy with a gun on the scene and he hid, uh, because that's human nature. We're afraid of getting shot, turns out. Uh, <laughs> As it turns out, no one likes being shot. No, it's not. It's not a thing. People are not like, I should go out and get shot today. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh no, he was like, no, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't even work that way. Like that. That's the thing I think that people have to think about here when having the- any sort of conversation with this is like you have to have a, dis- a dispassionate sort of sense of logic about it, not simply like the the thoughts that you've indoctrinated with. Like I've been indoctrinated with all the same shit, two A and all that, and this is America and the land of the free, and we rose up as rebels and blah 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 and had our guns and our muskets and whatever uh yeah but also look at all the problems that are associated with that because we we have them exclusively and if you look at other countries they don't i'm at uh i'm i'm at work i'm on our active shooter subcommittee where it's like we sit in a room and um figure out where we're vulnerable and like try and and see i'm saying like it sucks to have to live in a world where that even exists and i and i'd be surprised if you go into say like sweden and find that they have any one of those anywhere well what's funny to me is is uh not funny necessarily, but like one of the things it's frustrating actually more than it is anything because I'm on this committee and we've got all these different scenarios and whatnot. And like, uh, the expectation is that the employees try and get the residents to safety. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, at least half, I will guarantee you at least half of those fuckers are going to duck and run. Well, and I, I'm not even criticizing. Like no, I'm not, I can't even say for sure that I wouldn't do the same thing. That's what I told. That's what I told everybody in the meeting. I said, okay, it's, it's fine to have that expectation, but realistically what you have to understand is for me and a lot of other people, like the most important thing for us is that we go home and see our families at night. Yeah. And, like, and, if, and, and if I have to take a bullet for somebody who let's face it is near the end of their lifespan anyway, I mean, we're like, talking about stuff like that too. Like, you just have to be somewhat it, realistic. Like, you are gonna like everybody likes to envision. Like, trust me, I'm a dude. Um, I'm a I'm a you know middle thirty uh, year old man. Uh, every thirty year old man in this country has had that fantasy of like, well, if a guy comes with a gun to the quickie mart where I'm buying my thing right now, I'm gonna stop that guy and I'll just turn that gun around on him and everything's gonna go fine and every, I'm gonna be the hero in the paper and whatever. That's not what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a fight or flight response and you do not know how that is gonna turn out. I can guarantee you right fucking now, unless you're like a seal or some shit like that or you've actually experienced combat, you do not know what that's gonna turn out like. Right. That's yeah. that's that that's the thing is and and I I don't know, man. It's you're right. It does suck that we have to have these these committees. Um, but on the other hand, uh, it's it's so incredibly frustrating because I am on this committee, and I have to deal with people all the time that are like, "Well, the likelihood that this will ha- ever happen is almost zero. And I'm like, "Okay, but because we're a nursing facility, we have drugs in the building. Yeah, people know that we do. Like. And it's not even just a matter of like an active shooter scenario. It's a matter of a natural disaster and what happens to people during a natural disaster that are cut off from their other resources. We go back to our baser instincts. Our baser instincts are like, oh, what I need is in there. They have food. They have drugs. They have whatever. Yeah. Then okay. you, then it, then it turns into another scenario right. where you could still run into that. I've got the perfect segue back to fun whatever. <laughs> okay so i mentioned uh i was on my way over to matt's tonight and i texted him i was like i'll be there in just a minute i'm just getting beer and whatever and half an hour later i'm like half dude. an hour later i showed up and I, and I and he was like dude what the fuck did you forget where i live or something and i was like 
No, I was reading. Legitimate concern, by the way, because we haven't done one of these shows in a really long time. <laughs> it could be that I, I, I was, you know, I missed the street like eight times. But um, okay, so the 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 segue into this is uh, you said you know people revert to their baser instincts and stuff like that, and I don't want to ba- give away the lead too much, but I will. I do want to mention because this is reminding me of that. The, uh, the reason I was late today is because well, five minutes late is uh, I was reading this book. Uh, it's by five minutes Niels. late. You were in town in that Safeway. Yeah, it, uh, it's a book. It's by Neil I Stevenson. I live three minutes away from Safeway. It is true. Uh, it's called Seven Evas. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Google it. Uh, it's it. Neil Stevenson has written uh, somewhere around 10 or 11 books. Um, okay, so there's a lot of things I could say about this book, and I'm going to keep it short. Number one is that um, this book is based on the idea that the moon has broken up. It is going to cause an immediate and completely catastrophic end of the world. And it, this is not fucking Armageddon. There's not like, they're not going to go up and dig a well and they're going to save us from the Bruce the end Willis of the world. can't nuke the Bruce the, Willis is not the nuking bomb. the bomb or, the, it, the, or whatever. The, the asteroid. Yeah. It, the, the end of the world is coming and how humanity deals with that. Um, it, it is a fantastic book. The other thing I'm going to say is that Neil Stevenson. Uh, I, I, I remarked this to my wife the other day cause she was asking me about it because, uh, you know, I, I, I've, this is a very, very, this is a, this is a book. This is a book. Like if, uh, if, if an intruder came into my home right now, I'd pick up this fucking book and I'd try to bash them with it because it is that big of a book. Um, and the one thing I will say about it is that, uh, or what I want where I was going with this is my wife was asking me about it because I was reading it and, um, for you know hours on end it's at one point and she said you know so is it good and i was like yeah so it actually kind of pisses me off because neil stevenson is like master level of you know writing this type of thing and so uh i'm sure matt you know hard sci-fi versus you know just regular old sci-fi star trek yeah so star trek (laughs) is sci-fi in that um all the technology is made up uh physics don't matter etc um whenever there's a problem it can be solved by some techno mumbo jumbo and whatever um this is not that this is hard sci-fi in that physics still exists there are concerns about things in space that you haven't even thought of i can guarantee um and and stuff like if you watched apollo 13 and you were like oh shit i didn't think that would be a real problem but it is in space because that's a thing um this is like that to the end it's like when uh at the beginning of of the last jedi when the bomber were dropping bombs yeah and you're uh, like and there ain't no like, gravity bitches yeah i'm like so what, what's making these things fall yeah uh, uh yeah. it's it's not even that like we're 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 so far past that it's it's in the rearview mirror sort of thing um so yeah i i highly highly recommend the book i haven't finished it i'm probably about two-thirds of the way in um but it, it's just it's a phenomenal book uh and it's also you know neil stevenson i'm a huge huge fan of um if you haven't read stevenson before get started with his debut which is i think snow crash and uh, one of the things you can pretty quickly tell from anything steven's written another one that he's written really relatively recently is ream um and uh he he gets just like nerd culture especially the nerd tech culture in a way that i just haven't really seen expressed in another book in in, in any way shape or form so in a real like if you've ever watched a hacker movie and you're looking at the screen and you're like cringing hard as fuck because you're like that is that's not that's not how computers work that's not like you don't just (laughs) hack the dod by like smashing things on the keyboard and oh his password was secret uh that's a crazy one um it's not like that at all like if you've ever been like yeah actually if you you know rainbow tables wouldn't even work on that and a brute force attack would take you know till the heat of the universe to crack that password if that was you during any part of the movie where there's a hacking sequence then you should give this a check because uh it's it's like that to the nth degree so you can't hack a gibson no, I mean, unless the password is like God's secret sex. Or, Especially across yeah. state lines. Uh, not across state lines. No, you can't do that. Yeah. 
the wires care. <laughs> There's only a certain amount of like after after the state lines, the wires just give up. Hackers, bitches, look it up. Yeah, 1995. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back and we'll finish out the show. We got we got, we still got Game we of Thrones to talk about. We have a few things to talk about. We got Star Trek Discovery to talk about. We got fucking Elimination Chamber. There's so you much. You can show. tell we haven't done this and we're already two hours in. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, folks, we are back. I know a lot of you probably tuned out after the gun control debate we just had, but we may or may not cut some of that. I don't know. It it's gonna stay in because I'm not. I'm too lazy to take it out. Uh, and you are the one that edits the show. Yep. Uh, gatekeeper status achieved. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones. I think you want to talk about Game Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Matt is caught up on Game of Thrones. I think we might have mentioned them, and uh, you know, we teased this actually. I think we said Matt is caught up now. Um, yeah, we we teased it last we're, episode. We're gonna talk about it, and then we never, it, it. Then we, never we never did. So, uh, uh, we're gonna talk about it. Spoilers. I'm just throwing that out there. There's gonna be spoilers here because literally, I was the last person on the face of the planet to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, if you're like the, the if you're if you happen to be a baby being born right now who still is planning to watch Game of Thrones uh, and going in virgin and not knowing anything about it, uh, this is gonna be a spoiler for you. Uh, so. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some of my favorite my favorite things. Um, Arya Stark, her character arc is amazing. Oh man, character arcs in this whole thing. Okay, so um, I, I I'm just gonna throw this out there. One of the things I say to Natalie on a regular basis these days is, "A girl will bring down the laundry." <laughs> she doesn't understand why I'm saying it, uh, but I do, and that's all I need. Game of Thrones actually is a surprising hotbed for catchphrases, so um, yeah. I don't blame you for that at all. Um, uh, Bran Stark is kind of an asshole. He really kind of is. Um, Hodor, I just you can't uh, feel Hodor. like I, you know. Stop warging into people, Bran, because that's how people become Hodor. Like that's that, that's kind of what I what, why I feel like Bran is an asshole. Because yeah. he he fucked that whole thing up. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, um, on the one hand, like I get it. Like, but on the other hand, it's like, eh, no, that's kind of a dick move. That's that's one of those pieces of the lore that I actually already knew going into the into the series yeah, as well. We, we talked about this it's when one I of the was worst watching kept secrets. it. Real life was. Uh, 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 I think about the time we were like, oh, I know what that is. Um, yeah. Which is kind of disappointing because I didn't know it going into it, and I was like. That was that was kind of a mind blown moment. So yeah, I did I did know about that uh, going into it, but it it seeing it on screen is 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 totally different than just knowing about it as well. So that that was fun. Um, Sansa Stark. Uh, I have watched the show now, uh, all seven seasons of it, and it really is until it's not until the end of season seven that Sansa really stops being a dim bulb. Like that that bothers me about her so, character a ton. Okay. I don't think that's entirely fair, but I will say that Sansa's arc is one of my one of the most satisfying. I mean, about arcs the me. first time Ramsay uh, sexually assaults her, I think is probably when she starts to get it. But like, no, there's there's a distinct shift um, around that time, and especially when when she sicks the dogs on Ramsay. Oh well, yeah, but I think the 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 payoff, the penultimate, is um, when. Uh, Littlefinger is like uh, plotting against Arya, and, and, <laughs> that's, and that's the and it looks like Sans is going along, and I'm like, holy fucking is, shit! Did you learn nothing? This is my f- probably my favorite moment in the entire series at this point. It uh, might, it, it's it's definitely it's up, up there. there. 
it's, it's, it's up there for up there. sure. But when when we're going through that moment, I'm like, holy shit, Sans is honestly retarded. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was <laughs> like I'm having this moment. Like I I bought that shit hook, line, and sinker, and no, the whole that time was, I was thinking like that was super well done. Yeah, and uh, so when, when of course we get the turn uh, on that, uh, that that then I was like, okay, no, th- this is probably one of the most satisfying arcs in the series dude, because she went from like complete little like dainty little flower lily to like, no, we're gonna conspire to murder some bitches. Well, here's here's the thing about Sansa um, that I really appreciated about that is okay, so number one, you do believe for a while that she is going along with Littlefinger, dude. I I believed it right up until she like twisted, and like, then and then. Even then, I still don't think Sansa truly appreciated the change that happened in Arya until he's standing there groveling for his life, and she just walks up and goes, "Done, yeah." <laughs> uh, just in the middle of the Great Hall, in front of everybody, just nope. He's not gonna get taken back to the Eyrie by his troops at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, there's so much. There's so much good. Anyway, what else you got? Uh, Jon Snow. This is the big one. Do you mean Aegon? This is the big one. This is the, and what I mean by that is, is Aegon Targaryen do. Do. Part do. Uh, um, that was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed the piece of dialogue actually between, this is one of my only, the only scenes with Brandon that I actually liked is, um, when Samwell comes in and they're basically talking about the same thing, but they each have different pieces of information. And then when it's finally out on the table, they're like, well, fuck, somebody's got to tell him. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's true. In the show lore, he doesn't know, does he? No. Just the viewers know. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's pretty dope as shit, actually. I, I, um, so, number one, uh, I I really wish, I, I really, really wish that I could go back and be one of those nerds in, like, 1998 when uh, Game of Thrones, the book, premier- premiered and came out. Song of Ice and Fire. And people started the RL, uh, R plus L equals J theory. Which is literally exactly what it was. Uh, Rhaegar versus Rhaegar and Lyanna equals John. Um, people came up with that shit like in book one. Like, and, and like, if you can go back and watch season one and you come out of that going, oh yeah, Jon Snow's a Targaryen. Um, like, fuck you, man, because you're like way smarter than I am. Yeah, um, because honestly, um, I, so here's the thing. I did think that he wasn't really Ned Stark's kid. I mean, we know that. We know there's like, that that's the thing. Everybody knows that it's questionable. Um, like you did know enough, even in the first book, in the first season, you knew enough to know. Like Ned is this uber honorable. Like there's no fucking way he's gonna cheat on Kit Catelyn. Uh, no, I didn't even I didn't even go that far. Like, okay, whatever he might have. I didn't. I, no, see, like for me, that was never even a question. I was like, that's not a thing that's gonna happen. Well, that's the thing is though the where like the reality that this world is set in like oh it's gritty enough that you're like eh, there's no perfect person e- even if i were to believe that like that's that's my whole thing but what i do know about ned stark is that there's no way in fucking hell he didn't tell john snow about his mom or who she was or even catlin for that matter who the mom was unless there was a very specific reason and it had to be kept a secret and if it had to be kept a secret then he's not the dad that was that was my entire logic i think we're kind of on the same page here like i mean there's there's like a whole bunch of things like he had to tell because he's so honorable he could not not tell um yeah 
So, yeah, the thing, though, is that, like, getting to, like, who he actually was, the people who came up with R, R plus L equals J, like, in 1999, 1998. No, you guys are fucking savants. Yeah, I, I, I don't even get how people came to that conclusion, because uh, as much as I wanted to, you know, figure this shit out, like, I just... I, I did not pick on the clues enough to get it. Looking back, there are a lot of little breadcrumbs in there. Tiny, tiny, tiny little slivers of a crumb that uh, make the payoff even more satisfying. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's, uh, I think one of the more masterfully done strokes in both the books and the show. Um, uh, other notable takes. Uh, so the night King has a frost worm now. Yeah. That actually was probably one of the hardest deaths of the series for me. The dragon, yeah, yeah. You can't kill the fucking dragon. Like, kill, kill, kill one of the kids again. Like, I don't want the, the dragon though. Leave the dragon alone. Um, yeah, no. Um, it's like how my wife is about every animal ever, except for like if if she had to pick between running over like a bunch of school children and like a, a, a litter of puppies, like school children every time. Um, same so, thing for me. Like dragon versus anybody else in the series. Like, keep the dragon. Let's project a little bit. Got it. Who rides the dragon against the night king? I think that if they put John on the dragon against the Night King, it's going to be kind of a dick move, unless it's like a team up sort of thing. I think it's kind of like I, a John John slash. I think uh, John's going to get a dragon. I I think we got a team up. Like that's but, what I'm saying. I think I think John. I think uh, Danny rides uh, uh, Drogon. Of Drogon course. And and uh, uh, who, who, what's the living dragon? Vis Viserion. Vis. It's not Viserys. That's, is is that's, it the the green dragon? Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's the I think it's the viscer. It's the one that sounds like her brother. The one that she named after her brother. Yeah, uh, I think John probably does ride a dragon, and I think th- this is another thing that was like the deepest, the nicest little clue going into the thing is that like when John approaches the dragon. Oh, when he walked up to Drogon. Yeah, and Drogon just kind of they're just like, hey, "What's up, bro?" Yeah, let's have some dragon fun. Yeah, um, yeah, that that was. Pretty... I would like to see if John can walk through fire, dude. I mean, he's already, like, survived death, so I don't know. Uh, because I think that's one of Danny's big, big... that That's, that's like, the parlor trick she pulls out when, like, all else is in doubt, like... Yeah, so the book She's thing, like, well, I guess um, I'll just burn this entire fucking place down, and then I'll just walk out when I'm done. Yeah, so th- that's, a, like, a book thing, actually. Um, And based in the books, anyway, not all Targaryens could do that. Um, right. That was not, like, a Targaryen trait. That was, like, a Well, she is the mother of dragons. Certain Targaryens um, had, you know, certain things like that. Um, one of my favorite lines from the series too from uh season was yeah season one when uh uh fucking uh what's his name uh aquaman pours the fucking uh gold Drogo. yeah call Cal- Dro- Cal- 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 when, when he when he pours the the gold over fucking viserys's head and and like danny just looks at him and she was like he was no dragon yeah I'm like Goddamn right, bitches. <laughs> that that is actually that's a, that's a solid. Um, it's hard, you know. At some point, I'm gonna have to rewatch this entire series because there's so much just absolute gold. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? Um, one of the things that I thought it was the most badass fucking shit, Lady Olena Tyrell. Um, oh, her, when her, she when 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 she drinks the poison and yeah, then and she's uh, like, hey, by the way, tell your fucking bitch uh ha- sister that you're fucking that uh I, I, I she I did it. It was me. I killed you. I killed her fucking kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamie, Jamie's another interesting conundrum for me because like you spend a lot of the series, especially when he's spending time with Brienne. Mhm. You spend a lot of that time going, "Man, he's turning. He's gonna turn. He's gonna turn." And then like the second he gets a chance, he's fucking his sister again. 
See, it's, like, a, it's, it's th- that's one of the things. Again, um, this is one of the I think ma- the main draws to the series is that um, much like Breaking Bad, which uh, don't spoil for me because I'm still like six episodes in. But like, this is another oh, thing God. I hear lauded about Breaking Bad is that uh, they all characters are, practically are flawed, and I think that's a little bit true of Game of Thrones. Although honestly, I think it's less true of Game of Thrones. There, certainly, the characters flawed in in, in a lot of ways. But I don't think that, um, you know, like I've talked about this before. Um, I don't know. I think I've talked about this on the show before. But I don't think Game of Thrones is a, as radical a fantasy story as you think it is. Well, okay. I think the big arcs are there. So you're, just, you're just getting the prologue a lot. The, the, the main story takes, case, takes place in the prologue, essentially. Okay, so here's the thing. When you talk about flawed characters, usually a character flaw um, has a, um, it's a very Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, from a certain point of view argument. Yeah. But the thing with Game of Thrones is well, I you think actually that's an Anakin Skywalker argument. You actually get a lot From of a certain point of view. The Jedi are the ones who are, you know, anyway. But you get a lot of those different perspectives throughout the course of the show. Yeah. Um. So and and what I think is brilliant about the storytelling, and I haven't read the books. I'm going to, but I haven't. But I mean, at least. Honestly, I haven't even finished the li- the last book that's pu- been published. So at least from a. Uh, audience member point of view one of the one of the things that's genius about the series is the way they tell the story like so when you're talking about stannis baratheon um and uh he's with uh you know fucking maleficent or whatever her name is uh (laughs) melisandre yeah close enough um wait did was maleficent the one who shot evil demons out of her cooch something yeah yeah it's probably that one uh (laughs) that looked like stannis yeah but so that's the thing is like you look, you watch it from that perspective, and like what Stannis is doing, he's is trying to become king because he believes he's really, honestly, has the birthright, right? And honestly, I think he did, but whatever. He, well, he's just technically the Targaryens would, but uh, but well, I mean, technically, the thing is that anybody claiming birthright is like it should realize the real reality of the world, which is that you win by force and conquer. Exactly. You know, so. so but, like, it, when that's told from his point of view, like, you're like, oh, well, fuck yeah. Like, well, he has to do that, right? Um, Those are X-Files comic books. Yeah, I just, I happen to notice uh, uh, Charles Adlard, uh, otherwise known as Charlie Adlard. Charlie Adlard, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then, um, but then when you're, like, it tells it from so many different point of views, because, like, before, like, like, right before you go to that, that scene, like, in particular with the smoke demon that came out of her cooch, like... Right before that, you were in the camp of Renly Baratheon, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and Catelyn was there, and then all of a sudden you're at this other one, and you're like, oh, I can kind of see it from both these points of view. Yeah, and it, it, it's just, and then you had the whole uh, Rob Stark, you know, oh, I'm the King of the North. Oh, okay, <laughs> the King of the North. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. The, the thing is, I think really, uh, truly, the 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 show is um, the show and the books are a somewhat traditional fantasy story. But I think that most traditional fantasy stories pick up from about the place where season seven does. Um, and, and so uh, you get a lot less of the backstory and a lot less of how the characters got there. It's just definitely a more winding path to how we get to where we are. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, the overall arcs, if you step back and really, really look at the arcs from like a big picture point of view, it's all there. Um, what I'm really looking forward to with season eight mm. is Amelia Clark 
actually had her hair bleached this time, so it's not going to oh, be a like, wicked hairpiece. Actually, flick it, actually blonde. Yeah. I, I like that, too. I think we talked about that before. I'm glad she decided that she's going to commit, because, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe this thing will blow up. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. In the final season, I think it's probably a good a good time to really, really commit yourself to that role. Yeah, you got to check it out. I mean, you got to hedge your bets a little bit, because what if it's not a success? What if you get six seasons in and people are, like, still on the fence about it, and they're not really sure, and you're only shooting, like, a $20, bu- $20 million budget episodes or whatever? You know what's weird about her, and I think we have talked about this before, is I see her in some things and I'm like, eh. But then, like, you watch her as Daenerys Targaryen, and you're like, oh, yeah. All right. All right. Giggity, <laughs> you got a thing for power. Um, I don't even know if it's that. It's like, she's so adorable sometimes. Which is funny because, uh, like... Because I, she fucking rides a dragon. I was going to say, but <laughs> it's definitely... Uh, when you say adorable, do you mean brutally, brutally murders people with dragon fire? Because, okay. I, I mean... You got to think for power, dude. Let's just face it. It's innocence. It's innocence. No, that was that was one of my favorite one of my favorite moments was when they're when they're um, taking counsel with uh, Cersei. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to come to an agreement. And fucking... Everybody's like, well, where is she? Where is she? I'm like, she's riding it on a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I had the same reaction. I was like, you know, it, you want to have a show of power. You ride it on a fucking dragon. Honestly, if I could if I could show up to every meeting I ever had riding it on a fucking dragon, that's what I would do. And they'd be like, oh, there's there's Eddie again. Uh, yeah, did, shouldn't you just get a Prius like the rest of us? Uh, no, I ride it on a fucking dragon. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I was I was I was totally waiting for that to happen. And it was amazing. Uh, and then uh that and again another smart piece of storytelling though is like and i forget which one it is uh, maybe it was Braun, uh but they were they were, were like well there's that dragon and then there's the other one that's flying around but where's the other dragon like yeah. maybe she doesn't have three dragons anymore like i thought that was that was good storytelling that it, it was clever although he, you know Honestly, it's something that like anybody would notice, but it, it, yeah, it was it was well done. I thought. Yeah, yeah. All right, so should we move to uh, Star Trek Disco? Uh yeah. Let's let's uh, Game of Thrones overall. Um, I'm glad I got browbeaten into watching it finally. Uh, I'm glad you watched it finally. Um, you do this... owe me the rest of Sons of Anarchy, though. Okay. At this point, because I totally watched all of Game. Oh, you you actually you won <laughs> you you defeated my uh show watching challenge yeah yeah um, I, I have to I, I guess I'm gonna have to do that um I found the Easter egg <laughs> yeah I guess I'm gonna have to do that uh, at some point um well I get a year uh until we I assume we're gonna be those people that have Game of Thrones parties now uh, why not I I think we have to um does your wife watch it yet have you gotten a case no. to watch it <laughs> no she oh, damn son she she's really of okay, the opinion new challenge new challenge no, she's <laughs> Like I, she's watched it a couple times with me, and like she always picks like the worst possible times to pay attention, and it's usually like there's a whore being beaten and shot with arrows, and she's like, "I don't fucking have to watch this." Yeah, like, well, it's not all sadist. It's not all sadist porn. Yeah, like the in fact, the vast majority of it is not all sadist porn. So, and I'm like, but later on, you get to see this kid's mom like covered in shit, walking naked down the street. Come on, <laughs> he's gonna choke to death pretty soon. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 like the whole thing when when Vince McMahon made Trish bark like a dog. Like eventually she gets he gets his comeuppance. Like it's yeah. she, like Trish wins in the end. Yeah. Oh god damn. Except for it's not that Cersei can't win in the end. Fuck no. her. Fuck her. Well, no, that's that. No, Cersei. Yeah. She hasn't even gotten the half of what she deserves. What if she does? 
Like she wins in the end. Yeah. Like in the end, it's like, and we crown Cersei Lannister undisputed king of the. Like the she's seven just kingdoms standing there and, holding fucking Daenerys and Jon Snow's heads. Like, yeah, that would now that would be a twist. I would not see that fucking shit coming. Um, fucking George R. R. Martin. You never know what's gonna happen. But see, but that's what I'm saying. Like that—that that is my my basic premise. Is that um, yes, in the beginning you really don't because there's a whole gigantic cast of characters, and if you look for the clues, they're there. Um, but when you, as far out as we are, I think it is just a. It's not a. I don't want to say generic fantasy story, but the 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 well, the basic fantasy arc is there. And I mentioned this. I think I was only two or three seasons in when we talked about this the last time, and I and I mentioned it to you on the show. Um, that it it was very apparent. That they're keeping Daenerys and Jon Snow away from each other, oh, for intentionally. sure, intentionally, yeah. yeah. You know, through it the becomes, storytelling, it, and whatnot. It's, it's kind of hard to not to make it apparent that Jon Snow and Daenerys are pretty uh, heavily important to the story, and that happens around, if not book two for sure, then book three. Yeah. Um. Um. In fact, book three is kind of like where shit all goes down. So yeah. Yeah. So anyhow. anyway, shall we move on to Star Trek? We shall. All right. Uh, so Star Trek Discovery. Um, we finished the first season. We did. Um, which I super enjoyed. Everything was good, and I liked it. Uh, I super. Not did. everything was good, but I, I mostly liked it. Uh, and again, spoiler territory here because uh, we got to talk about the last moments of the last episode of season one. Yep, give it to me. The Enterprise. You know what it is. You know what it is. It's currently my desktop background on my computer. The Enterprise. The Discovery meets the Enterprise. Right there. There's so much, there's, there's a lot of implication there because theoretically Spock is on board at the time. Spock would have been on board because he was Pike's first officer. Pike is on board at the time. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot of shit going down. Uh, Sulu I'm, would not have been there because Sulu didn't get there until season two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know. We're, we're kind of, we've, we've been playing fast and loose with canon a little bit. And so far they've, uh, most of that enterprise was a fucking enterprise. It was glorious. Yeah, I, I gotta it say, awesome. it's probably one of the prettiest in-screen incarnations or on-screen incarnations I've seen. Um, you know, even even the the 2009 series, uh, notwithstanding. So, yeah, uh, dude, I love the mirror universe. In fact, um, I'm watching Deep Space Nine and Voyager concurrently right now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we, we're not. I don't think we're probably talking about this a lot, but I have watched like eight episodes of Voyager because what else am I going to do? Uh, you're going to watch Deep Space Nine first. I, I mean, I've I'm, I'm already eight episodes into Voyager, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. It does. So here's the thing. Season one of Voyager starts concurrently with season three of Deep Space Nine. So you really only have to get through, what, 52 episodes of a different show? <laughs> okay. Um, when you say it like that. Exactly. Exactly. No. Um, I've got a good 43 hours to spare, so no big deal. Here's, here's the thing. Deep Space Nine is a little bit more difficult to uh, sink your teeth into uh, initially, but midway through season three it does pick up quite a bit and then uh the beginning of season four is fucking amazing okay uh once you get into the actual dominion war and then there's there's um i th- you know what i think i want i think i want a cribs notes version of this because i don't think i'm ever ever going to be able to sit down and watch all of the episodes oh but you kind of have to because you got you, you don't really yeah. get to know the characters as much like nog the little ferengi kid that is friends with jake Cisco, like Mm-hmm. he's really important to the series later on and if you don't appreciate nog for what he is at the beginning like it it makes it harder to to latch on to what he is see at the you're end. telling me the hard stuff i don't i just i just want to watch the one that i just want to watch the episode that sums up the whole series odo meeting his people for the first time because there's more of those 
Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, the Jemadar meeting them for the first time. Um, but then when Worf joins the cast, it really does flesh itself out. It's like season four, right? That's season four. Yeah. Way of the Warrior. Episode yeah. one. <laughs> cool. Um, anyway, you, no, but you got to watch it. Um, I, I actually prefer Deep Space Nine to Voyager in a lot of different ways. Um, I know, and that seems to be the going uh, consensus. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know why. It, it it was very rough at the beginning because like, like the first season, like if you ever watched the first few episodes, you're like, it's a space parking lot. See, I think the thing is, is that like uh, Voyager feels a lot more like uh, Next Generation to me, and so it's easier for me to glom onto. Voyager to me is more like TOS because really, like in terms of what it is, like the original crew. Was on a five year mission, right? Yeah, for so sure. So they weren't they weren't reporting back to Earth mm-hmm. for theoretically five years, whereas Voyager are stranded in the Delta Quadrant. It's going to take them seventy plus years to get from where yeah. they're at back home, uh, and so they're really on their own for that. So it 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 seems a little bit more like that. I like a lot of the things they did in Voyager. I like even more. That the costume designers were smart enough to realize that once the first contact uniforms became like the norm and Deep Space Nine adopted those uniforms, Voyager didn't. Mm-hmm. Because they were obviously stranded. Yeah. In way a diff- away. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't have these uniforms. Um, so that was kind of smart uh, uh, storytelling and whatnot. But I, you got to watch it. I, that's, okay. Okay. Uh, and okay. I'll be your accountability buddy. All right. <laughs> I need to, you know what, what needs to happen is somebody needs to just pay me to watch TV. Um, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, I got Sons of Anarchy. I got to finish someday. Um, Sponsor at whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I got Deep Space Nine. I got Voyager. I, I got a lot of stuff to watch. Anyway, this is a weird way to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Well, here's my point. Let me circle back. Okay. Bring it around. I've been watching Deep Space Nine a lot. And one of the things I like about Deep Space Nine is they are the first show since the original series to really explore the mirror universe. In fact... All right, I gotcha. In fact, within the first four seasons, there's three, if not four, episodes of Deep Space Nine that deal directly with the mirror universe. Yeah, so Discovery definitely has them one-upped on that, in that the the whole second season was mirror universe-centric. Second half of first season. That's what I meant. And really, the whole series, when, when you take into consideration the fact that Captain Lorca is... From the mirror That's universe. pretty good, yeah. So. Spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. We already said spoilers. We did. Um, um, even for Deep Space Nine. So if you're going to watch that, we fucked it up for you. Suck it. No, not really. We didn't spoil anything. No, you didn't. Dominion War. Yeah, Everybody Dom- knows. Everybody it, it's knows. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, uh, Cisco gets promoted to captain. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Everybody. Um, anyway, uh yeah, so the thing is, there's 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 so much to like actually in Star Trek Discovery. Um, the Mirror Universe thing I think was really really phenomenally well done. Like so fun, it was yeah, so fucking fun, very for me. fun. And the twist, um, I didn't see coming at all. Like I, I mean, I knew there was something up, and I didn't know how that was going to play out, but I did not see the twist coming up. And the twist is, is of course, the thing that Matt already said, which is Lorca was from the Mirror Universe. The oh, I thought time. I thought you meant that Kelpians actually eat humans. Oh, that would be a twist. Um, but I don't think that worked out in either universe. What What would be awesome to me, the big payoff to me, would be the episode, uh, first episode of season two, where uh, Michael Burnham is having uh, lunch brunch with, with, with uh, Saru. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, the human he, penis, who doesn't love one of these? And he yeah. finally like asks her, like, did you really eat Kelpian? 
and she's like, well, I mean, I had to fill a role and stuff like that. He's like, no, 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 I've been eating human for years. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, those fucking Vulcans are delicious. Delicious, you know? Yeah, he's um, like, I was going to eat you when you mutinied, but then, you know, they carved you out of prison. Yeah, dick move, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, I, I had dibs. I had dibs. Um, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I guess so- that's why we're not writers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, uh, I really enjoyed. It. I really enjoyed pretty much every part of the show. Um, there's a lot of subtlety going on in the show that I, d- I think is uh, not something typical of Star Trek thus far. Um, everything in Star Trek thus far, and again, I haven't watched all of Deep Space Nine. I've only watched a little bit of Voyager. I'm so sorry. Um, has not been subtle. Um, it's it's usually pretty well telegraphed. Um, um this is not your typical Star Trek show. No. Uh, in fact, I know a lot of people that actually stopped watching it because they didn't think it was Star Trek enough. And I, I can understand the sentiment, but my feeling is that while I definitely feel like uh, the Orville was more Star Trek-y. Yeah. It's more next generation-y, which is, I think, the thing. The thing that I, divides this is, I think, the next generation era, people who like that sort of Star Trek show versus the people who like the 2009 Star Trek movies uh um i think that's really the big divide because this to me feels a lot more uh cohesive kelvin 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 universe universe. yeah even though we haven't established that they're together but i would agree um my thing is though is that star trek discovery is such good storytelling that it doesn't matter to me that it isn't as quote star trekky as other star trek series have been in the past i mean the thing is i can enjoy it on its own like um yeah and i and and it's really it's fortuitous that um the uh uh the orville is on at the same time because i can i can sort of i can get both feelings like i can get both of those things and be happy about both of them um whereas that's not the case you know that's not been the case before i don't have to pick and choose i can get both of those feelings and enjoy both of those types of storytelling right now um and and be happy with it so it's it's what i like about it is that it is not your traditional star trek in that it is not the roddenberry-esque vision of the future Mm -hmm. but we're at war and that's i think one of the big defining factors of it um you do get a little bit uh, of a taste of what wartime is like later on in the timeline when you do watch deep space nine because there is a full-fledged war going on i mean there's a certain bit of cynicism in it and that like roddenberry's future was pure pure optimism in which the like there's no internal conflict whatsoever and i just don't know that that humanity is set up for that like right uh, you know, we, we've been doing this shit for like, uh, I don't know, 7,000 years or something like that. I, I don't really feel like that in the next 100 or so, we're going to have solved the whole human strife thing. Um, so I, I kind of like Discovery for that in that, um, it does, it does portray a universe in which a, a, there's a vast, vast improvement in that. Right. Um, but not necessarily that we're suddenly, uh, blessed by some utopian goodness, which, you know, basically would take mind control or some shit like that. So, yeah. Well, and that's kind of one of my things that I like a lot about Deep Space Nine is it blends the utopian Roddenberry aspect of it, but then you've got a Ferengi running the bar on the space station mm-hmm. who's nothing but driven by profit, right? Yeah. And that goes kind of in the opposite. It, the, okay, so the first episode... Or the two-hour first episode that I felt was more like a two-hour cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, 
Michelle Yeah, her character dies, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, she's credited in all these episodes. And I'm like, fuck, that means there's going to be flashbacks, right? Yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> some, yeah, there were some flashbacks. But, like, for the most part, like, she's in every episode, even though she died in the first episode. And I was just like, that is the most fucking creative storytelling that I've fucking seen on a TV show in a long time. And this is, this is frustrating for me because I'm really kind of in the camp of stop rebooting everything, come up with original ideas, do something new, where Star Trek is an established property. It's not necessarily a reboot, but they're taking another idea and they're, they're rewriting it and doing something different. It's, it, but it made so much sense. They're rogue wanting it a little bit. I think. Yeah, like, a little bit. It is a very different feeling. It is a very different, like, uh, offshoot of, uh, th- in fact, it, that's, that's so apt. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. Um, they are doing just exactly what Rogue One did. It's a very different type of story to tell in, in, in the universe you expect. It's, it's related to the main canon. It, it, you know, it hits all those buttons in a way that, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, and just, then, and then Spock. Is going to transport over from the Enterprise with his lightsaber and cut down everybody on the Discovery, he and that's why is, we never heard of it. It, it, it. That's exactly what's going to happen. I think what he's going to ha- he's going to come out and say, "Okay, this all all the shit's classified. This shit is super classified. You guys aren't allowed to tell anybody." It would about be illogical any for any of you to ever mention yeah. anything about the sport Seriously, drive again. I shut the fuck up. You say one thing about the sport drive, I'm going to cut all of you, and then they're just like, "Well, he's serious, man. We got it. We can't. We can't tell. We can't talk about it." They're like, "That's the human." Yeah, uh, um, racist, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's. I I definitely appreciate the story. I do want to see Spock meet his adopted sister. I do, um, especially because this is another interesting thing. Here is is there ever been any mention of Michael Burnham previous to this? No. Okay, not so that I know of. The, the, the only is... the only mention of a sibling that Spock ever had was in fucking Star Trek Five when it was Cybok, and that fucking abortion of a movie shouldn't have. Been have existed in the yeah first so there's a lot of things like i guess that is the one thing that i i, I remain it remains to be seen how they tie up like how do they fit this into the canon is it kelvin is it not you know that sort of thing like i'm i'm excited to see which way they go with that because so far they've left it done they've done it in a way that i don't know the answers to any of those questions a season in and i'm not disappointed with that so all right yeah. Let's finish up. Let's talk very. I think we're going to be do like a three minute rundown of Elimination Chamber. Do we even need to talk about all of it? Yeah, I mean the women's match was really good, and Roman won. Surprise, done. Yeah, Superman punch, finish, <laughs> and we're out. Uh, yeah, so it's disappointing because um, Elimination Chamber for the women was, I think, really good, really well done match. It was. Uh, there was one spot I didn't like. Yeah. Um, and that was when Mickey James came off the top of the pod and just kind of jumped on, uh, was it Bailey? Man, I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember who she jumped. Uh, no, maybe it was one of the. If I recall correctly, I think I was mostly preparing wings at this time, so. Yeah. Uh, I just. You had wings? Yeah. Uh, I, I made them was... for the Super Bowl, ironically. Um, because I don't think we watched half of the Super Bowl, but we did have a, a, a good Super Bowl spread. Like, we had wings, we had Smokies, we had all the kind of things. And then the wings, though, for the Super Bowl weren't very good. They weren't crisp enough, they weren't delicious enough. 
And I was like, no, that, that shit can't be done. And so I, I redeemed myself though for Elimination Chamber and I remade the wings at a nice crisp texture, super good, super spicy, a lot more flavorful than the previous ones. How'd you, how'd you make them? Um, so actually what I did with the wings was I, uh, mixed some flour, paprika, um, I want to say like chili powder, maybe a little bit of cumin, just a teeny, teeny little bit, uh, and some salt, uh, dredged the wings in that, fried them up real nice, um, like a lot longer than you would think they would need to fry because they're tiny little guys, um, until they get a nice crisp brown on them. Did you do like oil in a... Yeah, I actually or did it. Have a deep fryer? I I don't have a deep fryer, and actually, I just used a regular old twelve-inch skillet. Um, it's a deep-ish skillet, and I put it enough so it'd cover probably about half the wing, and then I just turned them in the middle. Right, and then uh, I took the um, wing sauce. So I used the the pretty classic uh, Frank's Red Hot, lots of butter. Mix that shit together. You, you basically have to feel it out for taste in, in terms of how much red hot you want versus how much butter. Um, and then add a little bit of garlic powder. Well, add a fuck ton of garlic powder. Add a fuck ton of onion powder. Um, and I think... Um, no, I think that's about it. Yeah. Okay. You're overcomplicating things. I, it's what I do. So, here's here's what you do. Take a little bit of Frank's Red Hot. Put it in a bowl. Got it. Instead of using an egg wash... I didn't use an egg wash. Just, just a most flour people do. Dredge. No, most people do. Egg washes. No, no. So, you get out of that okay. shit. We don't need that. That's too much. Okay. Take your little bowl of, of Frank's. I'm not doing like fucking Pizza Hut style breaded wings. What the fuck, man? You actually you take your wings and you rub them in the in the red hot first, and then you dredge them in the flour. Ooh. Okay. You I don't see where need. You're going with this. You don't I need the chili powder and the cumin. All you need is salt, pepper, paprika, like said, and a, flour. Just a, just a hint. Just a hint. Tony, you're overcomplicating it. I, I, I'm salt, sure I am. Salt, pepper, paprika, flour. That's all you need. Okay. Then you do what you do with your skillet. You fry them. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually oven bake mine a lot of the time these days because I I don't like to have that much oil in my pan. Uh, yeah, it's it is kind of wasteful. Honestly, it takes a lot of oil to fry the damn things. Uh, but if you've got the oil, by all means, do it that way. And then your um, I use the traditional anchor bar recipe, which is garlic, butter, Frank's Red Hot. But I add. Per half bottle of Frank's Red Hot, about three quarters of a shot of whiskey. I'm on board. I'm on to board. The, to the obviously, you want to add the whiskey after the Red Hot's in there because you put it in there in the in the in the boiling butter. Uh, it could catch fire. But <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, a little bit of whiskey in your in your wing sauce. That's a good move. That is a good move. Uh, there's two things that I don't make without whiskey in the house, and that's spaghetti sauce and wing sauce. Okay. I wouldn't have thought of spaghetti sauce for Every sure. Every batch of spaghetti sauce I've made in the last fucking eight years has had Crown Royal in it. <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm actually super on board for that. All right. I, you know what? I think I think that's a good place to close it. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about Elimination Chamber that much, but the women's match was phenomenal. What and the fuck ever. That is the whole thing. Roman yeah. won the men's match, so who yeah. fucking cares? You, you, whatever we can do to make Roman look strong. Uh, in fact, this podcast dedicated to Roman Reigns because uh, without Roman Reigns, we wouldn't have been inspired to do this podcast, even though we just started doing this podcast before I knew Roman Reigns was a thing. Uh, but, you know, that's the power of Roman Reigns, and I don't know what else we can do to get the, get the guy over. Um, certainly couldn't listen to the fans in any way. Uh, that's not a thing we can do. No. Anyway, that's the show for this week. If you like the show, if you hate the show, if you want to tell us anything about the show, you can go to twitter.com slash whatever show or at whatever show in the parlance of Twitter. And again, if you'd like to uh, sponsor us, the correct way to get in touch with us would be sponsor 
at whatever.co. You know what you should do? Tomorrow, you need to go set up an alias. I will. So, yeah. Okay. Good. 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 The, 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 uh, we got a Facebook too. Um, we don't, I, I don't traverse the Facebook anymore because, uh, you know, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's ugly in the Facebook world. But if you want to, I still do get notifications and shit like that for facebook.com slash whatever, slash whatever you show. Slash whatever show. Uh, you can always email us questions at whatever.co. And that actually is plural questions at whatever.co. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We are way more active on Twitter. Uh, and we've already mentioned this several times, but, uh, just at whatever show on Twitter and we'll respond. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's the show for this week. We will see you, uh, soon. Later.